Hello, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Everything F1's podcast. It's me, James Tiller, with my fellow co-stars. We've got James Howden Sponge. Hello. And we've also got Jamie Cooper Coops. Hello. He likes to call himself the Ginger Viking today, so we can call him, <laughs> refer to him as the Ginger Viking in this podcast. So we are here to talk about the fantastic race, or was it a fantastic race, uh, at Germany. Uh, there's just what been... Race? It's just been uh, around the corner. Um, let's get the first initial reactions from our crew. So we'll go first over to Sponge. What are your initial reactions? We've got to have your 10-second review uh, for the German Grand Prix. Uh, best race of the season, best race in a few years. Lots of incident, lots of people going off. Really enjoyable. Uh, get Bernie sprinklers in and we'll have it all again next time. <laughs> hey, you've got it 10 seconds. Over to the Ginger Viking, Coops. Go. Unbelievable, unbelievable, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Lando that Norris? That was about 1.5. That wasn't 10 seconds. He's making up for last week. That, that, that's it. That's There's your... no other way to describe that race. I like it. <laughs> my my 10 second review was wow. <laughs> we've been waiting for some rain we got the rain and it threw the race into just absolute chaos uh, and I loved it um, it was a bit of a lottery though and we'll talk about that and why later okay for well, those are our 10 second reviews let's, uh, let's have a bit of a formation lap first and let's ask uh, my colleagues what have they been up to this week so Coops what have you been up to this week uh, not a lot uh, working away spending some time with the wee man uh, although I did run my first ever 50k race. Yeah, uh, you told us about that. Yep. You told us about that. So. You're an absolute nutter. How, how can uh, you do yep. 50? I, I don't think I've ever, I don't know. I, I don't think I've done 50 kilometers in a day myself. Or 50 I tried miles zero, zero point five zero of a k and that gave me an asthma attack. So that's <laughs> off to you, mate. Well done, yeah, mate. 50k, just under 31 mile it was in total. So, yeah. <sighs> You're a nutter, but well done. Yeah. And and your your time was quite decent, wasn't it? it was six six hours, was it? Six hours forty nine forty four. So well done. But thirteen minute mileage. Six mile hours and forty nine minutes. That's yep. crazy, man. Just running for that long. I was coming out in a sweat just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was sore for a few days after. That's for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, Sponge, how's your week been? Been great. Been doing a lot of things. Getting back on the drawing. Um, been doing a lot of computer stuff and just chilling. So yeah, it's been a good week. Brilliant. And watching a Formula One, of course. Of course. No, Sponge, did you not get a visit to your garage of a certain car? I did indeed. The beautiful McLaren. Oh. I'm not going to go on too much about it because she left. Oh. No. Like they all do. <laughs> <laughs> she so, left me like they all do. Which one was it? Which one was it? The MP412C, the first one that they bought out. Oh, oh, did you get to sit in it? Nah. Oh. It's too small for me to sit in, mate. <laughs> kind of goes in with the getting out, you know, in cold sweats for thinking about running. But, you know, <laughs> oh, but <laughs> one day it'll all come together. But you got some nice images. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I saw those. Yeah. Very nice. Well, my week has been, uh, obviously the kids are off, so it's been 
mainly focused on kind of going out with those. We've been to farms, uh, see lots of different animals, indoor play areas, outdoor play areas, you know, just all the usual things. We've got the paddling pool Excellent. out. So I've been sat in the garden in the paddling pool on the absolutely hot day, uh, Thursday last week or whatever it was. Uh, That's not fair. That's cheating. Just, yeah, well, it's 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 a it's a tiny paddling pool. It's not like a swimming pool. <laughs> I wish it was. And <laughs> sitting in an office, mate. <laughs> yeah, true, true. And then obviously work, uh, working as as many hours as I have to. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> that's a, a little bit about ourselves and what we've been up to this week. We'll go on to obviously the main event, and that's our paddock club, where we talk about the race itself. So. How do we begin this this race? How do we begin this? How do we nothing start? Nothing to see here. Nothing. <laughs> Move along. The, there was a few laps. Um, things happened, and then the checkup flag came out. Yeah, I wish it was that. that was another well. ten second review, mate. I, I don't wish it was that simple. Actually, I, I'm happy that it was the, the way it was, but uh, <laughs> uh, but it's it's going to be really difficult to get it all into words. But um, yeah. it started. Obviously, we we started. It was a, a rainy track. Uh, over there in Germany, so it was a rain-covered track. So they started the race under the safety car uh, for three laps going round, obviously to try and dry the track. Um, so they were going round and round, and, and then we had quite a few drivers complaining on the on the radio as as per usual. What are we doing behind this safety car? We should be racing. Come on, it's time, it's time, it's time. They do like a moan when the right when the safety car's out, don't they? Yeah, I can understand it. Must be must be quite boring, but. Uh, from another from another angle, they they do want to make sure it's safe for them to go around. Yeah, the only thing that I would say on that, you know, one thing that I hadn't thought about mm-hmm. until this weekend is when they, you know, you know what it was like. I mean, it, it was very wet. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, it was it was absolutely coming down before the race. Mm-hmm. Yet they went out on full wets, didn't they? By the time that they completed that three laps, everybody was already on about coming in for inters. Mm. So what's the point? Surely it gets to a stage where you say you're either going to have inters or you don't race. If you're considering not, you know, not letting these guys race on full wets, and by the time that you deem it to be acceptable to have a race in the wet, they only need intermediates. What's the point in having full wets anymore? Right, that's a good point. I don't think I don't think the full track was fully intermediate. So I think it was at that line. I think yeah. that was the problem for a yeah. lot of the race. Though it was a, it was at that line. I mean, the formation lap was used, as you said, to clear some some of the standing water. But yeah, I don't think full. I don't see. I don't think full weights are ever are ever really needed for that long because mm. they're that good. Nah. Clearing the water anyway. So yeah, they disperse that much water. It's yeah. like 20 litres a second or something ridiculous like that, isn't it? I, no. I can't remember the exact figure, but I remember it's it's a lot of water in my guess. And then I think, I think as well, the way that the Pirelli, the Pirelli Inters are designed, they've got a very wide operating window. Because if you saw some of the onboard of the race, it was mm. practically dry and they were still driving in their, their Inters. So mm. the Inters have yeah. been designed to have a very wide operating window. I think the wets have, are a very narrow operating window. Mm. So we 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 had the, the the safety car anyway for the first three laps of the formation the formation laps sorry, um, and then it start they they stop on the grid and they have a standing start. So 
Uh, I think we've got a question about this on our page, so we, we may as well answer that question now. The person who brought the question to us was Adam Sheridan. Just wanted to name check him. He brought he was the one that asked the question, and his question was, "What do you think of the standing, starting the race under the safety car? Was it necessary? And what did you think of the standing start?" There you go. I'll, I'll head that straight over to uh, to Sponge then. Personally, I think standing start should be mandatory on every single race. Um, yep. It's, it goes back to that issue of why. Basically, if you're deeming it to be too wet to have a standing start, you shouldn't be on there at all racing. Mm. So, you know, it's that's my opinion on that. Um, definitely needed a standing start. However, I do agree with the fact that they took the safety car round for three laps before to get rid of get rid of a bit of the water from the line to to basically give everybody a bit of a sighter as well. You know, yeah, get used to you know visibility as it was i think that was really good um yeah. but yeah I, I, I do still keep going back to that that point of you know if, if you can't do a standing start in the wet you shouldn't be racing at all in my opinion no i, I agree no. I, I i really liked it actually i know it's a new regulation um that's, and it's not something that we've actually seen happen just yet and it, I, I think it worked i think it gave us some some good first lap entertainment a uh, good, good a good bit of a few people off the line quite quickly take, making up some spaces and i don't think you would have got that from a rolling start um as such uh, and uh, it's worth noting obviously that they obviously had three laps behind the safe uh, behind the safety car uh, they those three laps do come off the the, the total laps um on, on the actual race itself so they are registered as laps but they're not or taken off as laps but they're not laps actually contributed into the race so yeah are we all in agreement then that we, that we like the standing start we're happy with the standing start it yep. should always be a standing start yep. it should always be a standing start i agree i think we're all, all in agreement there and there's, there's your answer then sheridan thank you very much for your question so after the standing start vettel made Quite a good start, didn't he? He came came up six places within the first lap. Is that yeah, right? And he was starting from twentieth. Yeah, yeah it's about six places from from the first lap, so he did he did quite well. Um, but then he kind of kind of festered around the the mid the mid uh, the mid. Yeah, he kind of got level. to a stage where it was like he's got rid of everybody that he could, and then you know he he kind of he hit the next um, the next league of opposition. Yeah. Couldn't really get past them very well. I think he gets stuck behind Raikkonen, if memory serves me right, for quite a wee while. Yeah. Mm. I'm not sure if that was at the start, but I know that he got up to Raikkonen but couldn't get past him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think from what I heard that the you know, the kind of post race stuff and I think when he was standing waiting to go on the podium he actually mentioned that you could hear him mentioning that he just couldn't get the enters into the proper window for most of the start yeah. of the race. Which is a mm. bit of a strange one for somebody of Vettel's calibre. But then these Pirelli tyres this season have just been a strange one. Most of the teams just don't seem to work them out for mm. race to race. So. And it's the first time this season we've had rain. Yeah. yeah. So No one knew what to do. It was quite funny. Nope. They talking to all the rookies on the on the grid. <laughs> they were, uh, a few of them were quite nervous, I think, uh, for, the, for the race. Rightfully so too, you know. They all survived. They they the did. Only rookie that, the only rookie that didn't survive was Norris, Norris, but that was a 
That was yeah. a engine issue or a gearbox uh-huh. issue. So we go from a good start to uh, two quite poor starts with the Red Bulls. Both of them seem to bug down or go anti-stall or whatever it was. Both of them seem to do the same thing, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Verstappen has that's that's happened the last two races for Verstappen. <laughs> it's becoming a was bit it? of a. No, it was Austria. Was it, it Austria? Wasn't Britain. Oh, sorry, yeah, it was Austria. Austria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, two two in the last three then. Um, yeah. It, is it a bit of a pattern forming? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's it's strange for it to like rear its head. Well, not rear its head. It's, it's strange for it to come up this far into the season when he's not really struggled at the start of the season. Usually, it's mm. usually mm. sort of like you know it goes from the start and then they kind of iron it out as it goes. Really, but it, yeah, it seems to have gone the other way. Mm. Really. Yeah, I'm sure. Anyway, he's, he's he's got the ability to bring it back, um, mm-hmm. as we can as you can tell. Uh, anyway, but it's just it's just something that he's probably going to be weighing on his mind at the next start. Um, you know, starting four days time or whatever uh, in Hungary. Uh, uh, you know, because you want you always want a positive start, and he's had two in the last three races that have been not not exactly brilliant yeah so Verstappen had a poor start and uh, Gasly also had a poor start so was it was it something to do with the car uh, was it something to just just nerves in the rain uh, we won't know really but they did have a bit of a poor start um, and then we got to lap three where the first safety car of the race came out came out because of a certain Mexican Sergio Perez doing his best uh, Kylie Minogue impression spinning around into the barrier <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he took it to the wall. Um, so we only had two laps, two full laps before the first casualty of the race, uh, and then we had some some safety car laps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which also, which, uh, the safety car brought out obviously the first round of of real pit stops as well, didn't yeah, it? Yeah. And I thought, to be honest with you, at that point, I thought Ferrari are going to romp home in this race because for the first time, yeah. probably in three seasons. I, I felt mm-hmm. that I saw them grasp an opportunity and think I, I was sat there and I was thinking, my goodness me, they've actually called somebody in for a pit stop to take advantage of a safety car. It's falling for mm. them. <laughs> you know, they, they, hmm. have they got a new strategy guy? Has the strategy guy left? Did they get a cat in to do the job for him? I don't know. But whatever it is, <laughs> I really thought that he was going to turn around their fortune. Uh, this weekend they flipped the coin yeah. and it was the right answer. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. That's how I felt as well. And so Vettel came in. Uh, Lewis came in as well from the lead. Is that correct? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah. And then there was a bit of drama in the pits as well because um, Charles Le- Charles Charles Leclerc uh, nearly went into Max Verstappen. Uh, went into Grosjean, didn't he? Coming out of the pits on. Oh. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That was a bit of a, a bit of squeaky bum time for Roman Grosjean. Let's put it that way. I think it's the first yes, and sorry. only, and will be the only time where I felt a little bit sorry for Roman Grosjean, to be honest with you, because it was kind of you know he was damned <laughs> if he did and damned if he didn't. I was laughing. I was laughing there because you said you felt sorry for Roman Grosjean. It's just words that don't normally get put together. <laughs> I feel sorry oh, for the person that guy. doesn't have the drive because of Roman Grosjean. Yeah, oh. <laughs> he's right though. He's right. He needs to go back in the kitchen, that boy. <laughs> Controversial. Right. He's put out. He's put out cookbooks before anybody starts emailing me. He's put out cookbooks. He's found she likes his food. That's what I'm saying. 
Okay. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Am I gonna have to cut out a lot of your your words tonight? Have you had a drink? <laughs> oh yeah, I had I had a I had a handful of custard creams before we started. So yeah, oh, I managed it. Oh, here we go. Custard. It's all coming custard out. Custard drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Were they Roman Grosjean's recipe? <laughs> uh, gold bars. That's the next one. Sorry, I'm digressing. Uh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> So we'll go back to it. Charles Leclerc, Charles Leclerc nearly, went, nearly into Roman, went into Roman Grosjean. And Roman Grosjean had to had to slam his brakes on. So yeah, just just a little bit of a segue there, just so that everybody mm-hmm. is absolutely clear. He slammed his brakes on. He does have them. They are there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so just he knows how to use them as well. Yeah. He knows how to use them <laughs> in the pit lane so that he doesn't run into somebody. He, however, he can't he, use them out on track. He didn't use them very well in the pit lane the week before, no, or two weeks exactly. before. But <laughs> and he also doesn't know how to use them when there's another golden black car around him as well. Mm-hmm. That's true. And yep. neither does the other <laughs> golden black car either, to be fair to him, but you know. Yep. The 16th company they've used for brakes because Grosjean doesn't like them. But Charles Leclerc was initially put up for an investigation for that, uh, and they, they took it to the FIA stewards, and the stewards decided that the penalty would be a fine for Ferrari. And Ferrari went, thanks? <laughs> how, how, how do we feel about that? I think we've got a couple of differing opinions. So I'll go to Coops first. What, what's your opinion? I like it in the initial instance. Uh, 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 I, think, I think the stewards could see that this could be an interesting race. And I don't think they wanted stewards' decisions to decide any part of the race after the controversy throughout the season. So they've took mm-hmm. the view, right, we're going to keep the racing on the track and we're going to use our other powers to give them a warning. Now, whether that's something that can be used all the time, I doubt it, because I think you said before we started recording that, you know, you tell her you've got an opinion on... They could yeah, my it opinion is, I, I like... Yeah, I like I like the fact that obviously they're not it's not going to impact impact the actual race for the driver because obviously you know it's not the driver's fault he's just given the instruction by his team um, so it shouldn't affect his race because you know it's not his fault there's no blame there but I, I just feel like on the big teams like Ferrari, uh, Mercedes, Red Bull and, and probably McLaren a uh, fine whether it's thirty grand, seventy grand, whatever it is that they get fined is just going to be pocket change and they can see that in the future. Hang on, if we just give a, a slight unsafe release at this point, well it will swallow the fine to get in front of say Hamilton. We'll get we'll swallow the fine to get in front of Leclerc. Yeah, it doesn't set a very good precedent in that sense, but. I do agree with Coops. It's almost like, you know, you can't really, you can't, well, yeah, you can, you can, you know, if it, like Massa, when he dried up, drove off a few seasons ago in Singapore with a, a fuel filler still attached to his car, that's an unsafe mm-hmm. release because the driver bolted too early. Or, mm-hmm. you know, if they go without uh, a wheel being attached properly and they went before the green light, you know, if it's definitely down to the driver, then penalise the driver. But I agree with Coops. If it's to do with the team, and they've not, you know, they've not taken due care and attention, then it should be the team that suffer. I think my my opinion on that goes a little bit more. Um, what do you call it? A little bit stricter, if you know what I mean. I I think I'd be a little bit more harsh with my penalties and a bit more 
creative with with my penalties as well because it's like you've said money doesn't mean anything to them they you know a 70 grand fine is you know it's like it's like one wheel to them isn't it you know what i mean they make make no difference to them whatsoever what i would probably do is if you if you get a little bit creative with it and say right okay that's one unsafe release you do it again and we'll remove your veto for six months (laughs) get really harsh on them Oh, that'd be no, brilliant! Yeah, talk to them. Talk to them in a language that they understand. Yeah, amount of things that would get changed in Formula One if that veto wasn't there even for two weeks. Oh, absolutely. Oh, then they, they wouldn't fire do a lot release, of stuff. Yeah. Start mm. taking constructor I, I, points off them. That's 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 where I was going to go for it. You, go. I, you know, I, I complete. I completely agree with uh, you know not affecting the the race and not affecting the driver, but I I just think don't think a fine is is enough. Seventy grand is pocket change, like you say. It's a wheel. It's 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 one fairing of of uh, of the front nose or something like that. It's 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 nothing. It's uh it's 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 not anything near what a constructor's point would be or two, um uh, and that that could be the you know the difference between them winning. A constructors championship or losing a constructors championship uh, so it hits them it hits them where it hurts rather than a pocket bit of pocket change. although again at the moment you could argue unless it's penalizing mercedes it don't really matter to anybody else either does it so why don't you do it as in you penalize them with constructor points based on the position they are in the constructor table so if mercedes done it you give them a 10 point yeah you know and yeah, then maybe yeah like a Williams, maybe you lose it. Yeah, no, Williams just get a pat in the head, you know. But you know. <laughs> or you or you lose a percentage of your points, maybe. Yeah. A percentage mm, of your points. So two 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 percent of your points. So obviously, if you're a Mercedes, that's you know, say I, I can't do the maths in my head just because uh, it's quite late at night. But it's you know, that's probably about four points for them. Whereas mm. for Ferrari, two percent would be say two points for them. And then for the McLarens and the you know whoever, you know, it's, it's less and less. And if you were Williams, you'd be given 40. <laughs> <laughs> I, the irony is they're one of the fastest in the, in the pit lane just now. Yes, yeah. they are. They did a, an amazing stop, didn't they? Not this yeah. weekend, though, because that was something. Red Bull that got 1.88 seconds for their pit stop. Yeah. The first time that, that Williams actually set their own record, they, they were still outdone by Red Bull again. Yep. I yeah. feel for them, haven't you, really? It's a shame, but they're doing at least they're doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they're they're clearly trying to make up the time where they can. Yeah, I've just had a great idea. Going back to the um, the penalties, how about mm-hmm. if you do two unsafe releases in a season, then you have to have Pastor Maldonado drive for you for one race. Oh, for <laughs> God's sake! Are you want to end Formula One in a season? <laughs> That, really? mate, you get millions of people tuning in just for that. And Pastor Maldonado in a Ferrari. Imagine if he went and won it. <laughs> what? Brilliant. Ah, he just drives into everybody to win it. Nobody to left. It's just him running along holding the steering wheel towards the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Back on track because otherwise we're going to be here all night with the little side stories. Uh, <laughs> so. The fine for Charles Charles Leclerc, you're happy about it. I'm not 100% happy about it, but I can see the benefit of it. That 13, Charles Leclerc was sideways off the last two corners, and Hamilton was four seconds clear at that point. Can you tell me any more about that? Yeah. Um, Leclerc was doing his best drift impression. 
Mm. He was very, very lucky, yeah. considering all of the people that went off there at the end of the or towards the end of the race. He was very mm. lucky. Um, and I'd, I'd just put that note there: Hamilton, Stella. He was he was four seconds clear on lap thirteen, despite being ill, mm-hmm. despite it being rainy, despite there already having been safety car periods. He was already four yeah. four seconds clear at that point. Obviously, there was a lot to come yeah. that changed that, but. Even so, I think I've I've seen quite a lot of people questioning Hamilton. Um, yeah. for, you know, me reading Facebook posts that the, the teams have been putting up. Quite a lot of people have been questioning him, but I think there were a lot of mitigating st- factors this weekend. And he's already proved how good he is in the wet. I mean, you know, Monaco, all them years ago. Came from mm. was he was he last at one point? I think, and he won the race. Well, of, of the last nine wet races. Hamilton has won eight. There we go then. Mm. Is that including so, this weekend? Just gone, is it? Yeah, including this weekend. So, so, so the previous yeah, eight yeah, on yeah, the, the bounce, other... he'd won. There we go then. No, no, yeah, but... no more questions, Your Honour. Yeah, but some people still don't think he's that good <laughs> for some reason. So some people really don't think that he's that good. It's it's just baffling. It really is. He's what I just don't. Uh, I think this is something that throughout the whole of Hamilton's career, nobody's going to understand why he just seems to get people annoyed so much, and he doesn't do anything. You know, he just goes out there, does his thing, says he's back. Does you know? Yes, he likes to do other things than other drivers, but the the yeah. hate for some the hate from some people are just it's just like why camera jets here, mm. you know. We've seen it on the He's on the chat, you know. Very the, the few people that are like, oh, he can only get the points when the FIA help him. Like, what? He get a five second penalty. They they didn't help him. <laughs> Talk about it's it's, it's, it's it's bizarre. We're never going at to the end of the day. His 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 record will be, you know, the proof, and and he is the only proof that he needs. You know, we 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 judge people on what what they've. What they've done in their life, and 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 he has fortunately done very well, and he will continue to do well. Yeah, it's all, for it all comes a, down to a, jealousy, doesn't it? Years. Yeah. Now I had one of the. I've got a, a colleague at work who asked me a question about Formula One, which is very random because he doesn't normally like Formula One. And uh, and he said, right, so who's the goat of Formula One? Uh, and I'm like, what does goat mean? So I got that wee thing <laughs> sorted because I never knew what that meant. And he told the greatest me, of all time. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and, uh, and I went, right, so I'm like, it's the greatest of all time. I says, well, that's a wine-ranging argument. You could say Juan Manuel Fangio, Michael Schumacher, Ernst Senna, Hamilton. Uh, notice how I didn't put Vettel in that. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, and then I says, you, and he says, but who's the greatest? I says, you can't place them and there isn't one greatest driver because there's so many different eras of Formula 1 and he said to me his next one was well put it this way if you put everybody in the same kind of car who would be the best and it's clear that wasn't a person who knew Formula 1 because you're like you still can't do it (laughs) you still (laughs) it's the most frustrating thing ever I just sent back Hamilton because at the moment he has got the record in the hybrid era and this era he is the best, and nobody's going to come close to him. He's not going to be here much longer. He's got less seasons in front than behind. So, you know, mm. it's going to be, we are spoiled for choice. Who's going to be the next best one? Because, to be honest, I don't think we're going to have one sole five-time champion in the next five years. 
with like Verstappen, Leclerc and Norris and the rest of them. But no, I just wanted to fling that out there because it was a very frustrating question. Clearly from somebody who didn't understand <laughs> Formula 1. Because uh, it's not a question well, the thing is, you can answer. With that, the, you know, the older drivers just wouldn't be able to control the cars these days. It's, you know, they're, they're, there's so many different buttons and different things to press on a steering wheel. Yes. Whereas the older, where the, the, the new guys are, would probably find it difficult to, to drive some of the older cars because it's, you know, hasn't got any of the, the bells and whistles that, that their modern cars have got. So it's, they're completely different areas, completely different. I think yeah, it all goes down to there's there's one thing that it all comes down to and it's it's all relative in the cars that they drive mm. and that's courage mm-hmm. and that's yep. that's yeah. why I mean we've spoken about it in previous podcasts but that's why Alonso has always excelled at any team that he's been at making a, an average car look great because he's got a lot of courage and he will throw that car into you know corners in in a way that it shouldn't be thrown in there, you know. There's, I mean, again, we discussed. You know, there were other there were other faults around him and everything. But you know, in that in that sense, in a pure driving sense, you know, you've got to regard him. You've got to regard him up there. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you guys know how much of a Senna fan that I am. Senna, yep. Senna, he he was, you know, he was in a a, a simplified version of modern Formula One. He came oh, yeah. from the. Know, the era before that, and he transcended two eras, if you like, because he, he went from the turbo era into mm. you know, the new naturally aspirated stuff, which a lot of other drivers mm-hmm. did, you know, don't get me wrong, a lot of other drivers did, but Senna was head and shoulders above everybody else, and he he yeah. just he rolled with the punches at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's where we are at the moment. It's almost like, you know, you're you're crossing over from probably a decade and a half now of cars that have been quite similar really lots of downforce mm. um you know 2009-10 they reduced a lot of the downforce didn't they but they still had blown diffusers and all this that and the other so yeah. you know I think high it... downforce very powerful cars you know the, the, this 2021 it's the next it's the next chapter but it's probably the first time where they're still sticking with high downforce cars, just doing it a little bit of a different way, like, you know, with this ground effect that they've got now. So this is probably mm. the first time that you could actually turn around and say, well, Hamilton versus Max Verstappen, which one's the better one? Well, you're, you're probably going to find out. Well, according to Nico Rosberg, Verstappen's better than Hamilton. Yeah, but Nico Rosberg has got a very short memory because I remember him just a week or two weeks ago saying, you know, Verstappen's not quite the full package yet. Verstappen hasn't got quite, you know, reached the pinnacle uh, that, that Lewis has put. So he's got a very short memory. Um, mm. I think he just says things to, to be controversial. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I don't really spend much time being bothered about what Nico Rosberg says. <laughs> I don't think Nico Rosberg mm. remembers what he says one week. <laughs> I'm his biggest fan, can you tell? Yes. I didn't like him even when he won his championship. I I was shocked that he just didn't he didn't uh, defend it. If I'm honest, I wasn't. Yeah, it's that, he but, knew that he knew he but, looked into that championship. Uh, a bit like Jensen Button, to be honest. I think I don't. Oof, I think Jensen, controversial. Yep. I really like Jensen. I, I think do. he's always always had the ability. Yeah, he's always had the ability. He's just never had the car. And I think that if it wasn't for the brawn, he wouldn't have won a championship. And I don't mean that. I like Jensen Button. I just didn't think. I think it was just right place, right time, right car. Is is that not is that not 
the situation for Hamilton, you know, right place, right time, Mercedes. Oh, we're going to get into a debate. Yeah, yeah. I was I was literally <laughs> just re- reaching for my popcorn. <laughs> yeah, I, but then uh, you go from someone who can. There's a different level between someone who can win one championship to someone who can win five and maintain that sheer excellence. Mm. Like Schumacher, Hamilton, mm. Vettel is probably the only one out of that that skews that rule because Vettel hasn't won a championship. He hasn't done what Schumacher and Hamilton have done. Hamilton and Schumacher went to teams that were not championship winning teams and has helped them get up there. Vettel was already in an established team. They didn't win a championship, but he had he just went into the team and they were already the best. They had everything around them and he just got in there and drove it to the finish. Nobody else was close enough. So uh, there's a different level between getting one championship from winning five. And five in a row, and six in a row, and maintaining but there is that. there is another thing to that though, Coops. In if you look at the the teams that have dominated, okay. If you go back to Ferrari with Schumacher, probably. If you look at the mm. people that they've had driving alongside these people, yeah. And then mm. you compare it to the likes of Button, there's a massive difference there. Schumacher mm. had Irvine and uh, Barrichello, did he not? Um, yeah. Vettel. Had Mark Webber. Not uh, bad for the number two driver. uh, Hamilton had uh, McLaren. He had Alonso, didn't he? Is that right? Aye, aye, that was... Was he when he won it? No, he didn't win it with Alonso, I don't think. No, it was Heike. Heike. It was Heike, wasn't it, that he was with? Yeah. Yeah, so he had Heike, and then he had um, Jensen Button. Yeah. Okay, that's the key. So when he was at Mercedes, Hamilton had Rosberg, and now he's got Bottas. Mm. Now, to me, if you look at the the, the the three people there, Schumacher, Vettel, and Hamilton, I, I would probably say if you're comparing that to Button while he was at McLaren, in terms of having opportunities to win consecutive uh, championships, yeah. the thing that they yeah. always say is you've always got to beat your teammate first. And mm. I think it's a little bit harsh on Button saying. You know he can't he can't be you know regarded as a as, as a great a great driver because he didn't you know he didn't win back to back or he didn't win more than one you know uh, championship. Mm. I don't think anybody in the last two decades has had such a hard um, probably pair of um, like you know uh, rivals in his team. He had Barrichello for a start. Barrichello was no you know he was no slouch, was he? I did. Schumacher no. not have it written um, in it. Did Schumacher not have it written into his contract about uh, Barrichello? Schumacher was more scared about Barrichello, and that's why he had the number two driver. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It, I mean, that showed Barrichello that was. Won, yeah. yeah, Barrichello was. He always considered Barrichello as being one of his fastest teammates. Yeah. So you know, button to win for Braun against Barrichello, that was a massive achievement for him. But then, as I say, I think out of them three, I think button was up against the best teammate out of all of them. And there was no chance that he was going to win a championship with... But he did beat he did beat Hamilton in the same car He did quite a few what, times. What I'm saying in, is in, if in you look at Vettel and Schumacher and then Hamilton at Mercedes, mm. the, the teammate at the time was no comparison for them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Whereas when Button was at McLaren, which was his 
best chance of winning multiple championships. He had he had Lewis Hamilton there, so there was yeah. no way that he was going to win them championships because you're not going to beat your teammate when he's Lewis Hamilton. You're not going to beat him that that many times that you're going to win a championship. It's as simple as that, really. No, I agree with you. I do agree with you. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I still think he looked into so. though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If you look at the back part of that season, and we have man- majorly digressed from the current race that we're that talking about, but right. if you look at if you look if you look at the back end of that season, most most teams had caught up. Oh yeah, once uh, they worked out the double diffuser system, the Browns were yeah. nowhere really. But you know, it would. Mm. I mean, you imagine the change of the how Formula, how different Formula One would have been if Honda had stayed in, because it was effectively a Honda car, which was two seconds mm. faster than everybody else. Uh, mm-hmm. It would be so different, uh, you know. Honda would they would have stayed there for a lot longer if they'd won that championship and they'd won it at a canter. To be honest. Just while while we're while we're, uh, while we're digressing, just just how how nice was it to have a race weekend without rich energy causing issues? <laughs> it's good, wasn't it? <laughs> well, rich energy don't exist it's... anymore. So oh no, they do. Didn't they lightning do. bolt energy get anything out? I did that. Lightning, aye, the, that William Story has still got the Rich Energy name. It's just him. And Lightning Vault or okay. everything else. So it's a new company, but the Rich Energy name is still about. So Plus, it's still, it's still on the side the of the Lightning Vault only empty cans now. Yeah. What, what, like, yeah, but it was still on the side of the car, like you say. Yeah. And it's still there, Rich Energy, you know, advertising something that doesn't exist. Well. We don't know. Fair enough. <laughs> what what uh, what it is is Lightning Vault is a company that buy out struggling directors, and then they just name them some sort of generic term. They do that quite a lot. That's why it was the Lightning Vault company or something. It's not. It's a weird way What's of doing the point it. In that, I don't know why. I'm not really sure in the the kind of legalities of it, but apparently that's what it is. William Story was in a situation. They were bought out by this particular. It's just a company that just they name them some sort of something generic because they can't stay Lightning Volt because there's Volt Energy Drink, which is a different company. So. Oh really? Yeah. I think they're German. I'm reaching uh, for the popcorn again. So yeah, it's it's going to rumble on, and rumble on. But yeah, I just thought it was quite good. That um the irony of that whole thing was I've just brought them up. Uh, we hadn't really spoke about them for the whole weekend, but hey ho, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the box has been ticked. Segwaying back into the race. What race? Uh, there wasn't a race. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the one that you quoted as saying the, the best race of the season, possibly a couple of yeah. years. We, we just, uh, we'll we just hit a, a, a wet patch and slid off the track, didn't we? We back on. Dang! We did. Well done. <laughs> 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 We slid off on the drag strip. Yep. We didn't quite uh, clear it. We kind of Hamilton slid off and came back on. <laughs> well, we'll try and get back on track anyway. <laughs> Lap 16. Daniel Ricciardo. Hmm. Lap 16. Blowing. Yeah. Wasn't his engine? Uh-huh. It was his exhaust. It was an exhaust failure. Oh. It was. Although it was like the 1990s style engine blowouts, mind you. It was quite pretty. But yeah, it wasn't an engine, apparently. It was an exhaust. Quite, quite befitting of Hockenheim, though. Yeah, I. Uh, there was a quote from Cyril the Beatable who said uh, uh, that was uh, his quote. Still haven't worked out what he meant by it, but that was what he said. 
well translated, Coop's well translated. <laughs> Lap 17, so we'd had the, was it a virtual safety car for Danny Rick, I think? Yes. Because he parked it right by the yes, exit, didn't he? And then we were back mm. racing, Verstappen, then nearly went into the back of Bottas. I missed that. I only just realised that it happened when you? I saw you typed it up. I, I, I didn't click. I didn't yeah. see it. I was still trying to deal with the rest of the race. They were on the, uh, they were on the radio to Max. Calm down, Max. Calm down. Uh-huh. Patience is a virtue, quite, I, I laughed at that. That was quite funny. <laughs> I bet you did. And then lap 20, we had another off. Uh, it was Sainz. Carlos Sainz. Uh, so he nearly finishes himself off in the barrier. He went off and he was on the tarmac and then I don't know whether he, he thought he would put it in reverse. Squirted the throttle and nearly ended up planting himself yeah. into the barrier. Apparently it's not mm. easy to get a reverse gear in the Formula 1 cars from no. what I've heard in the past. I don't think it's like just click a button, it's quite a procedure apparently. Yeah, I was quite impressed in the end to be fair. The fact that one that he kept everything going, two that he actually kept it out of the, the wall in the in the end anyway, and three that he managed to get it back off the gravel. Did he not um, luck out by the time, was he one that lucked out with the timings or something? Because of the safety cars later on, it meant he ended up further up the further up the the, the finish, and that's how he got a good finish. I think uh, we'll probably get to it later on. Yeah, I think I'm sure to do with that. Yeah. That this the way that the safety cars worked out, that spin was negated. It didn't cost him anything really. Yeah. Imagine where he would have been though if he didn't have that spin. Oft. Imagine what would have happened <laughs> if half the things didn't happen in this race. <laughs> <laughs> that was lap twenty. Lap twenty one. It's noted here that Le- Leclerc was on, was flying on his yeah, inters. Yeah, he was he was hunting everybody down, wasn't he, on those inters? He was doing well. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was hunting basically. And he was he was going he was going you know he was going for it and it, I, I, every every overtake every corner he was he was you know gunning it, um, which maybe was his downfall. But um, well, I think they come on the radio, know, he, hadn't they? And they said that they were expecting rain, so they were like you know push as hard as you can now, just take take everything out of these tyres that you can. You know, just mm-hmm. basically destroy them and just get as far up as you can. And he did. He was absolutely yeah. flying. He was two seconds a lap quicker than everybody else at one stage. So, yeah, it's a shame. It started raining again at lap 22. Yep. Um, and in lap 23, Magnussen was Ooh. onto his slicks, <laughs> even though it was it was raining. Kevin Magnussen. Ah, Kevin. Yeah, good boy. Those those two had uh, an interesting race, didn't they? Magnussen and Grosjean. It was interesting or cringeworthy? <laughs> Well, they just seem to be attracted to each other, don't they? It's just pure pig-headedness by both of them, though, isn't it? Neither of them want to give anything up. I mean, it's mm. just taking this this thing beat you know, beat your teammate to an absolute extreme. How many times do mm. they need to be told? It's like petulant kids. They're they're, mm. they're both trying to be the big I am in the in the team. Yeah, they and are. They're going about it their own way, and it's disrespectful to the team. It's disrespectful to the fans. It's disrespectful to the mechanics. And I don't know about you two, but out of everybody in that grid, the one man I do not want to piss off is Gunter Steiner. I mean, seriously. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, st- I get I get goose pimples when I watch back the race. Was it uh, Spain where Magnussen was told first one back to the pits, come see me, please? Oh, that's <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I'd driven that car straight to the first exit, been on the plane, and been away to the next race. I would not, <laughs> I would not see. Oh, no, but yeah. it's it's constant. And I mean, he was there. Was interviewed. I actually missed. I missed the contact at the race, and it was later on when they said, "Oh, I, he's had contact again." And he was interviewed. What are you going to do now? Are you going to speak Danish? He went, "I I don't know. There's no point in speaking to them now." But 
I'll be having a word by the time we get to Hungary. It, it's, it's, it's just so disrespectful. What would you do? What would you do if you him now? I'd tell. I'd say to the two of them, see if you hit each other again at this race. One of these are sacked. There's so many other drivers out there I, that I can go in there. I would have done that at the end of. I, I'd honestly have done that at the end of. Germany, to be honest with you. Silverstone. Ted Kavitz's notebook. The thing is, he, yeah. In Ted Kavitz's notebook, he's actually said that Pascal Verlein has been lined up for one of the high seats, which is yeah. a name that I never thought that would come sense. back in. Yeah. Imagine if Verlein and Ocon at that team. I reckon that would be a good lineup. Mm-hmm. No, Perez. Perez and Ocon. <laughs> that be good. I don't think yeah. Perez would go from racing point to Haas, would he? Well, he ain't going to be needed in racing point next year. The only reason he was there is because he was a pay driver. So who's going to be at Racing Point then? Who would be at Racing Point? Well, um, he put, put Ocon in Racing Point. He's Mercedes, isn't it? Because he's the Mercedes driver, yeah. Maybe. Lance Stroll and his merry men. I think I don't think that Lance Stroll will keep his seat forever in there. I know it's Daddy's team. Well, I think he's got a longer leash because it's Daddy's team. But his dad isn't mm. like the richest man in the whole of the universe uh, by not being an astute businessman. So I think he might get maybe one more year and then they might think, you know, we might need a better driver for the new regulations or, you know, like, son, you've had your time. We'll, re- we'll put you in oh, as a I reserve driver. I think you'd be surprised, mate. I think you'd be genuinely surprised, Coops. That, that man he has will keep his so many seat. millions on that kid just to get him into Formula One. But that's chump change yeah. to him. Yeah. The, the family the owns yeah, but exactly. The, yeah. What you've got to understand is that Formula One is chump change to him. It yeah, doesn't matter. It's, it's, he, he, it's, will, it's, he will spend that money. He'll do what so he wants. So his boy can be a, exactly. a racer. Exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely going back to the Haas issue, I, I've got to a stage where it's genuinely making me feel angry when I see these guys go up against each other, though. Because I'm sat yeah. there and I'm thinking, do you know what? The, the amount of really good Formula One drivers that are being kept away from the sport at the moment, you know, Ocon being the most you know, mm-hmm. prominent example of that. And you guys just keep bumping into each other and then blaming each other. I mean, it was like, you know, they did the radio, didn't they, of that on, on the weekend? This guy is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. This is my best French accent. And then no. Magnussen <laughs> comes on the radio. It's like, what the hell is he doing? It's like, well, actually, Kevin, he was trying to turn around a corner. So that's what you're yeah. supposed to do. Yeah. When you when you see the, 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 the black stuff in the front of you on the floor turn round, you're supposed to generally follow it, really. You know? Yeah, and if he's the one that's on the inside, you can't do that. Yeah, it, 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 it actually makes me angry because I find myself pitying Muraman Grosjean twice in one race, and I, I don't like that at all. <laughs> you know, Don't put me in this position, it's not good. But it's right, Grosjean was just trying to turn around the corner, it was a hairpin, he had, he had nowhere else to go, and then Magnussen just drove into him, and apparently that's Grosjean's mm. fault. I don't know. Nah, I think the problem with Groshon is, you know, you 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 spin in Baku under the safety car because Ericsson hit you. Okay. Uh, you spin in the pit lane in Silverstone. You know, yeah. That you, when the commentators are laughing at you when you spin in the pit lane, and then it, 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 they they showed yeah. you in the world feed. The, the engineers, and one of the engineers had to stop himself shaking his head. You know, you could see him about to shake his head. He had to stop, yell at me, go back to the kitchen. Here you are. Look, there's a new, there's a new book. Go. Uh, and then even that drive to survive from last year, there was a big uh, team dinner and Grosjean wasn't at it. Uh, yeah, you know, that took the so piss out of him too. That's another thing. And while we're on the subject, drive to survive's Mercedes only race this year was the German Grand Prix. <laughs> 
Right. Brilliant. It's the only race they've allowed the cameras to be in. And if you watch the Total Wolf uh, slamming the desk when Bottas smashed into the wall, behind his shoulder was the the Netflix Drive to Survive camera. Like, oh, yes! <laughs> Love it. Anyway, that's, that's going to be amazing. How, how much do we think that they're going to change their mind now and let them into another race this season as well? Yeah, probably. No mm, way last race. Last just, race of the season. You know, on that the, one. The, uh, they said it was going to be one or two. Uh, I don't know whether it's pre-planned or that they're only allowed one because, I, I mean, the the production company that film it would need to know where they're going to be at what, you know, they I can't so just say, oh, you know, so the, you know, uh, apparently it's came out, I saw today that Hamilton has said that you probably won't see me in much of that because I was sick for most of the weekend and I won't let them show that. So that's not going to help the fan, you know, get on side of you, son, mm. but... You know, if you're you're no well, you're no well, I suppose, which is fair. But uh, but yeah, I think I think I think they'll get another episode definitely because if if you're Netflix, you are not going to turn down somebody saying, "Hang on, we we want a re-over, a redo. Uh, can we have another?" It'd be like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, but, we'll just get another couple but, of extra cameras down there." Absolutely, but you, we'll you wouldn't you. want to also give them the option to say, "Right now, we've done this boring race where we won by fifty-five seconds." I see the German stuff. You don't need to show that because they'll be like, nah, "I see the German stuff. We're keeping that." Um, no, yeah, they're they're rubbing their hands with that. Oh. That's that. That was an ideal weekend. Perfect. They're rubbing their hands, okay. and, and, and unfortunately, we're going to have to wait until next year to to watch it. So we'll just have to remember this race and uh, and, and live on the excitement for it. When it comes. Uh, it's not long till Christmas, though, mate. It'll be before you know it. <laughs> you buy me a present. Uh, anyway, <laughs> on to uh, on, we'll go back onto the race now. So all on to slick lap twenty five. Yeah, Fettel came on to Slicks too. And again, I was uh, thinking, my goodness me, Ferrari have got the bit between their teeth here. The strategist must have yeah. got laid last night or something. He was well on. <laughs> but yeah. it was a wrong call <laughs> to go into Slicks that early, which we, you didn't realise till later on. Oh, it was, race, it, but... it turned, I was going to say, it turned out to be, but uh, when he, when he came in, I was like, my God, what's going on here? There's special things are happening at Ferrari. I was I was kind of expecting to look into the back of the garage and see Jean Todd and Ross Braun at the back there, just like you know, with headsets and whispering into their headsets. This is what you should be doing, boys. Lap twenty six, Max went onto the mediums, which was the wrong call, probably an error. Yeah, yeah, because it takes takes so much for them to uh, to to warm up. So and the very next lap. In, uh, he was doing his own. He Kylie was doing his Kylie Minogue. Yeah, absolutely spinning around. Although, to be honest with you, I thought he, he caught that really well. Compliment from me to Max there, as you would he probably did. expect him to. But he did catch that. <laughs> Having gone across a sausage curb, you know, spinning around like that, he did. He did catch that well. Fair play to him. Ah, but you got to remember, Max's uh, Red Bull is a tank. You remember Britain? That thump that he took, and he finished the race in that car. And then that spin over a yeah, sausage curve yeah. and it looked fine. No, there's something going on yeah. with that. <laughs> Pre-enforced you're not suggesting. Mm-hmm. You're not suggesting foul play, are you, Ginger? Not uh, at all. <laughs> He's part of the Orange Army. Now, if I'm a Ginger Viking, then of course I'm going to support him. I just have to. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next lap, 28, Norris. Norris was out. Oh, Norris. Everyone's got a soft spot for him. Am I McLaren, right in saying that fans. he's only actually had one recent incident retirement, which I think was Spain, which could be his fault. The rest have either been 
not his fault or mechanical issues. Sounds about right. Not, Although he did yeah. say that he, he was kind of uh, squeaky bum time again, though. He was he was quite scared about being out there in the rain. He got, started getting used to it, and then he went out, didn't he? So Yeah, it's um, a gearbox issue for Norris. But yeah, he'd, uh, I, yeah. I think I, saw, I read the article where he basically said I was shitting myself at the start. Uh, which, to be fair, yeah. I think there was twenty drivers who were themselves uh, for the race uh, for the start of the race. Uh, Absolutely, yeah, there were. But it, it is certainly, a shame. Cer- certainly tests your bottle. This these type of races um, test your nerves. I, I mean, it's it's that it's courage. Like, I know for a fact I can't be a Formula One driver because I uh, shit myself when I do Formula One 2019 on the PlayStation 4 in the rain, let alone doing it for real. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> Uh, I'm, you I'm get... seriously actually considering buying a PlayStation 4 just to be able to play against you on that, by the way. Oh, uh, you're going to have to, because I'm <laughs> awful. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, Norris is off, brought out a virtual safety car. Uh, Leclerc came in for his softs, uh, and he leapfrogged to second place. Yeah. So, he did He did well. He did. He was doing brilliantly, because that. That, was, that was kind of following on the back of him flying all the way from lap 21 when we you know mentioned the fact that he was already flying two seconds a lap he just carried on and mm-hmm. on and on and when that that virtual safety car came out again it was another moment where he was coming just he was just coming around Sachs curb i think i remember as the virtual safety car mm-hmm. came out and they literally called him straight in just as that happened um for so for a new what set. you're saying is that you really, you're really appreciating the fact that the strategist at Ferrari did a good job this yeah, week. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely think that they, I think that they replaced him for a crocodile or something. I don't know what happened, but I mean, I, I, I was sat there thinking, you know, every weekend that they've had a decision to make, I've sat there thinking, I don't agree with that. I think they've made the wrong decision. But every single move that they made in that race, I completely agreed with them. I thought it was the right thing mm. for them to do. You know, it didn't always work out that way, but you know, credit to them where it's due. They made some yeah, calls. It's like, you know, we, we said earlier on, didn't we, about Williams and the, um, the pit stop time. At the end of the day, mm. get the stuff that you can control right and then everything else will follow. And Ferrari haven't been doing that. If they can get their own house in order, then hopefully they can, they can actually start pushing Mercedes. And that's what the, we all want. You look at it from the other side. Ferrari, although the race looked good, their preparation for the race was new well. You know, Vettel didn't set a time because of turbo failure. Then there was an issue with... Mm. Now, I can't remember what Leclerc's issue was, but he couldn't set a time in the top 10. So, you know, it's two different issues in two, in, in two cars. That's preparation. That's yep. not just unlucky. You know, if it was just Vettel mm. that went out, that's unlucky. And that's just epitomises his season so far. But then for Leclerc not yeah. to be right, and it's a technical issue again, that's preparation. That doesn't happen at most other teams. Yeah, there's something mm. fundamentally Ferrari-like within Ferrari. Uh, they're becoming a parody themselves. As you say, you, you sit there most of the time waiting for them to make the wrong decision, and it's when they make the wrong decision, yeah, it's, it's, it's automatically they've just ferrari themselves. Uh, they done it a lot last year with Kimi Raikkonen, leaving him out for a stupid amount of time in a in a tire that he shouldn't be out on. And you know, mm. as you say, today was like I don't know how many people actually commented on the fact that they were getting the strategy calls right, and they did for the most part. Uh, but it wasn't really picked up on because there was so much else going on. But 
Yeah. Ferrari needs somebody. Do you know, Ferrari got somebody like a Total Wolf or even a Gunter Steiner, somebody that just commanded respect and was able to manage their ship properly. And I did say ship there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then you, they, they can do it. They still have this issue about there's a fear about making a mistake. They don't challenge it. They tr- they tr- they just don't push it out because they're, they're scared. They make a mistake, they ain't mm. going to be in a job. And that's the biggest problem. Uh, they haven't even replaced Bonotto from when he was, I think, was he not engine or technical director or something? Yeah, he was. Yeah, they haven't replaced him. I think there's three people doing his job while he's the team manager. I just, I just don't, I don't know. But they're not, I think their management structure doesn't work the way that it should work. Uh, and they need someday of a total wolf, like, who is not scared of making the hard decisions. He's pulled Bottas over to the side of the track to let Hamilton through, and he's come out and went, yeah, it was me. I made that call because it's, it's the best decision for the team. And he will he will take it, and he apologised to Bottas and went, look, I'm sorry i done it, but uh, i done it because I had to. And they don't have that at Ferrari, and they need it. I think there is, there is a big, important thing in all of this that people have got to remember as well, though, when it comes down to Ferrari. Over the last four or five years, certainly. Um, and that is De Montezemolo. Mm-hmm. He, you can probably compare that to Alex Ferguson leaving Man United. You know, the, the leader has gone from the establishment, hasn't he, at the end of the day. And sometimes mm-hmm. that kind of seismic manoeuvre, it needs a little bit of um, moving around until you find the right combination that, that replaces him. And that hasn't happened yet. You know, was, I mean, no. they, they've had three or four people, haven't they? Um, I mean, but they also, many, yeah, but they also need to keep... They didn't. Who, yeah, he was passionate. Whoever's yeah. in, they need to leave him for a few years. They cannot take mm. Bonotto out of that position now till at least after the new regs come in. You imagine mm. changing... The pressure your that they your... get from the media over in Italy, though, is excruciating. Oh, yeah. they, you know, the media, they're worse than over here. Oh, I mean, they're crying for Veto's head after... Uh, his last mistake yeah, at Britain. Uh, literally. Uh, well, that's the thing. I was watching the pre-show, actually, and obviously it was uh, Mercedes' 125th year in motorsport. Um, and you, you're, you're going to gasp when you, when, you, when you hear me say this. I actually agree with Nico Rosberg when he said mm. the, key th- <laughs> the, key thing, the key thing that Mercedes have is the consistency. They've had those, you know, those mechanics and those engineers have all come through from the Braun days, before Braun days. Uh, they've come through the, the early Mercedes days, through the bad times, and now through the good times. And the, the people that have been around them and have consistently been there, they've been able to work with each other. They know what, where each other's strengths lie, and they know, uh, you know, it's like, it's like a family. Whereas, you know, if we look at Mercedes, uh, at Ferrari, sorry, um, they have changed so much, and they are cont- continually kind of changing and evolving and, and and becoming different and bringing different people in from outside. Obviously, I know Binotto was actually the the technical director, so he was there, but he he's a new person in a new new role. Mm. Uh, he's an old person in a new role, so it, it's constantly changing. So, yeah, hitting on what you just said, I think they do need some consistency. They need to leave it for a few years, mm-hmm. uh, as it is, and hopefully that that will I mean, bring some wins. They've got the building blocks. Last year, last year Ferrari should have won it, and it was individual errors that stopped mm. them from winning it. Not necessarily. They had the fastest car. They had the best car. Uh, you know, mm. Vettel, I think, in all honesty, lost his head after he went out at the German Grand Prix. 
last year. Uh, this year their car's mm. not quite as reliable. I'm not sure are they still the fastest engine. I, I, I might be wrong, but you know it's there. They just need that final piece of the jigsaw, and I think it will come. You've got to leave them for a couple of years. You cannot change your team manager for the start of at least twenty. You know, imagine 2021 with the new regulations, and you've got a brand new, you know, team manager or mm. whatever you call them. You can't have that. That'll not work. So. You know, he needs to stay there at least so, you know, I would say end of 2021. You give him to the end of the year. He's got next year. Next year will be an evolution of the last couple of years' cars because there's no any big changes coming for next year. But that's the, probably going to be the best chance for Ferrari to do something. Uh, again, depending on their driver situation, but their car isn't going to change that much. So, mm. yeah. I'm actually really looking forward to next year. Yeah, it's going to be good. <laughs> Already. Already. Uh, the rumour uh, is Williams will only be a second and a half off the pace. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to Germany. Leclerc went into the wall. Yeah. He bent it. He bent it. Oh, he went on the uh, ice rink uh, and slammed it into that uh, advertising siding, sidings. And it was a bit of a sorry sight when he was trying to spin yeah. the wheels to get himself out of the gravel trip. I was like, oh, just... Just give up. I don't know whether you saw as well. I mean, you know, the onboard when he went into that, that barrier, I felt mm. quite a little bit mm. better for him after that in a weird sense. Because if mm. you saw his front wheel, front left wheel go into the barrier, it actually broke his yeah. suspension. So it was like, right. even if he had got himself going again, he wouldn't well, he have done. got anywhere. And I was yeah. like, well, do you know yeah. what? You know, I, I'm, I wasn't happy that he didn't get going, but at least. You know, if he had if he had got going, it'd have been double heartache for him because you know he first he put it off, then then thought that he'd got going again, and then to find out that he bust his suspension, it wouldn't have been good for him. But because nah, he, he would he would have he would have ended up straight into the pits a bit like Hamilton did, uh, and they yeah. would have said straight away, "Look, no, you're done." Either that, or they might have got a few feet, and the wheel would have been pointing in the wrong direction. So. Yeah, I never noticed that his suspension was going. To be honest, actually, it was a good spot. Yeah, it was only it was only on the onboard yeah. that I saw it, but it kind of popped up. So. Oh yeah, one okay. of the wishbones yeah. must have went then. Yeah, mm. I don't know whether you've noticed, but Mercedes and Ferrari, I think, are both both doing the same thing, whereby the top, the top suspension is kind of hung off the chassis, if that right. makes sense. Yeah, it's not, it doesn't yeah. actually go. Whereas everybody else, you know, they've got these like. Uh, vanity steps on the front nose mm-hmm. to to make yeah. room for it. They they don't have to worry about that because the their suspension is kind of offset. So yeah, I think, and they I use think they broke. they use all that sus- they use all their suspension now as well as it as as extra aero as yeah, well. So there's yeah. a, the, 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 the way they the way the air comes off it, it actually directs it into places that helps with their downforce, yeah. which is you know great, really clever, but. Obviously. So how much? To breaking. How, how yeah. much of the Leclerc off a mistake, or how much of it is attributed to the weather? Was it a big, big mistake, or was it? Did it look bad because he was doing so well, and because of it was Germany and he's in a Ferrari, or was it a mistake that he shouldn't be doing in the first place? I, I I'm personally, uh, I don't know whether I would argue for any of them that went off at the weekend. I don't know whether I would say that it was a mistake as such by any of them, to be honest with you, because, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it later, but Hamilton spinning and Bottas spinning in the same spot, I, I, I don't 
or I didn't see them doing anything different to what they'd done the the, the lap before. And mm. exactly the same mm. was for um for Leclerc for uh, Hamilton, you know, when he followed him in. I I, I didn't think, see them do anything any different whatsoever. I think what it showed though is when it comes to the changeable conditions, how you know, everything's fine margins of Formula One anyway, but how fine those margins yeah. now are. The the Bottas one you can see that he literally just put an inch or two of that wheel on that dark patch on the outside of turn one and the back end just went. It just spun. Yeah. You know, and that was him. And I think that's the same for them all. It's it's instant it's instantaneous. It's you know, in the dry that wouldn't have been an yeah. issue. You know, you might have been able to save it or whatever, but it's it's the finer margins. And I think that's what it highlights, especially in these changeable conditions, how fine are how how on edge they are. Well, we'll talk about ha- Hamilton's. We'll talk about Hamilton's off because it mm-hmm. actually happened. Um, the lap after the, the lap, uh, the lap after. So Leclerc actually was still walking from his car yeah. just to, to 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 get off the track, and there there comes you know Lewis Hamilton spinning in a, in a pretty much similar similar place, um, and. He, uh, yeah, he he comes off into the into the sidings, but he obviously didn't hit it as have have such a big impact, and he managed to kind of rescue it, albeit without a nose, uh, and head off into the pits. You know, also into the pits without going round the cone, yeah. um, which obviously resulted in his penalty. But anyway, he, he Leclerc after the race was 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 furious. He's saying it was dangerous. You know, this, that, and the other, and you can only really feel for him because he lost his, you know, his godfather. Uh, in probably very similar circumstances, yeah. so it probably really, really fresh in his head. What and that, that's why he was so angry about it, because um, he was still on the track, and some another another driver was spinning off, not too far yeah, away from him, and he lost. It's a good point, mate. Lost Jules Bianchi because of yeah. it. I mean, but the the, the thing I will say that though, he was blaming the drag strip before he even got out of the car when he was radioed back to say that he crashed. He said that it's not. It's not just slippy; it's dangerous. So he had that in his head mm. straight away, and it was a nice ring. You saw them all sliding all the ship on it, but yeah, it was. I, you know, it, it is almost dangerous. looked in that one corner. Sorry, no, no, you're not. Right. I was just going to say, in 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 that one corner, it almost looked like it had got washing up liquid on it. It, it looked <laughs> like it was that slippery, you know. And we will talk about it in a bit. But Hulkenberg was, you know, <clears throat> the 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 biggest casualty in the corner, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. I mean, when Hulkenberg went off, it looked like it was it had been washed with washing up liquid. It was ridiculous. The mm-hmm. one thing that I would go back and say about Leclerc, though, that I think you probably could attribute to, would be again we went back and we said, didn't we, that he was flying on, um, he was flying on the Inters. So mm-hmm. you know, he went onto the drier spec tires a lot quicker than anybody else did. Going onto softs, maybe he was expecting to pick up the pace a little bit more than that as well but obviously with the temps of the track temps of the tyres he went off the lap, lap after he came you know came in for them tyres maybe they just mm. weren't up to to heat and you know i mean at the end of the day i think the difference between leclerc going off and hamilton going off was leclerc i think i think his off was done before he even approached that drag strip i just think he was going too quickly and he understeered so much. There was just no way that he was going to get it back. With Hamilton, yeah. I think he, he kind of understeered a little bit. When he got onto the drag strip, he kind of tried to floor it a little bit, didn't he, to try and get himself back on track. When he tried to floor it, he realised that there was no no traction, and that's when he nearly mm. went into the wall, so it was slightly different. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and, and I think it was Julian Palmer actually. Um, in his weekly roundup or race roundup that he does on for the BBC, said uh, Fortune favoured the cautious, um, uh, and obviously at that point, as you say, Leclerc wasn't just wasn't being cautious. He was being, I want to get to the front. I want to get to that. That you know, I want to get the top step of the podium. Yeah. So he was he was being very aggressive, and yeah, that just was his downfall, unfortunately. But that will come with maturity, and that will come with more races. That will come, you know, anything can happen in in the future with that so it was unlucky this time and everyone's there's on our page everyone was saying it was the most heartbreaking um spin-off and uh, and retirement of the race and dnf of the race but actually i i I have to disagree with that because i see the potential in leclerc he's he's going to go far and he's going to get plenty of wins i think in his career i I think it was more Um, heartbreaking because you know i got i had posted the video of the uncensored you know, uh, radio mm. communication for him, and you can just hear it. You can just hear the desperation in his voice when he's pushing it to try and get it out, and then he's shouting, and then he's swearing, and you just you can feel the emotion coming through the screen when you when you mm. you know. I mean, you're right. He's going to go far. He's going to win championships and races and and stuff. So you know, it's not it's heartbreaking for what it was, but it'll be soon forgotten. And it'll make his first one even more severe. Mm. I agree. I agree. And uh, yeah, as I say, I, the most heartbreaking one for me um, was the Hulkenberg off because <laughs> he was doing so well. Yeah. He, you know, he was he was up there. He was. It could have been his first podium. He was. He, He's the know, longest. He, he it's the a... longest streak without a podium for any Formula One driver. I think. Yeah. He's never got higher than fourth, obviously. And then Guido Van Van der Gaard decided to tweet, don't jinx it, don't jinx it, don't jinx it, Hulkenberg's on for a podium. (laughs) 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 And then he retweeted himself with F me, with just a a retweet of the old thing. And then, I don't know if he's noticed, but later on that night or the next morning, Renault F1 Twitter just put underneath that whole tweet thing that he done going, it was you. <laughs> Which I was quite funny. Uh, but yeah, as you say, that was pretty gutting because if he stayed there, he's getting a podium. But, they were on fire, the Renault. Not not mm. literally, as they were quite used to seeing with Renault engines, but uh they were he was he was doing well. Uh, it was a it was a, a, a hard one. As soon as I saw that yellow yeah. thing in the wall I, my, I was sitting there going, Oh no, he's done it. I I can't believe it. No. Yeah. Yeah, right. it was I, and that's what I mean. I, I'm devastated for him because he really, he just, he, he's never, he's never achieved what his talent actually yep. deserves. He, he deserves, he deserves a podium at least. Could you imagine uh, that? I, you imagine what would happen to the Formula One world if Charles Leclerc won his first race and he got on the podium in the same one? <laughs> 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 that, that would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be a good race. I've got to be honest Sign with you. Yeah, this, this will be very controversial right now. And to be honest with you, I haven't even thought about the Hulkenberg thing because <gasps> my, my my own literally my only thought at that point when I saw him going off the road was Carlos Sainz is going to get a podium for McLaren here. I was literally sat yeah. there going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! All that stands in between Sainz and a podium is Alex Albon." Yeah, but the problem was those Toro Rosso's were amazing when they got into that, you know, that last part of the race where everybody was on drive. They were awesome. Anyway, sorry. 
Hulkenberg wasn't the only one, only Renault driver to uh, hit a barrier this week, is he? Oh, <laughs> that's harsh, Dylan. Oh. That's harsh. Oh. Mr. Vanman. Uh, Mr. Mr. Lorry driver decided to crash his Renault lorry containing probably the cars for the uh, for the next Formula One race. He decided to nearly drive it off a cliff. Yeah. For which, by the way, they have confirmed that he's okay. Which is the main I was thing. I was going to say yeah, yeah there was no no one else involved. He's all right. Going for checks. He's okay. He's, he's not yeah. got he's not got a job, but he's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame, though. I, I mean, it looked like a bit of a state, didn't it? Really. The, 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 there was. I other... if there was a car in the back of there, by the way. They, uh, they never confirmed that there were or weren't cars in there. It was one of the official trucks, mind you. But you know, it's got to be either. It's it's going to be pit lane stuff or cars, isn't yep. it? It's, yeah. it's, it's Unless not it was much the hospitality truck, you know, maybe uh, it had part of the hospitality wing in it or something. Uh huh. Yeah. It could could be. It it was funny anyway. <laughs> now 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 we know that the guy's okay. It was funny. You yeah. know, it's it's uh, yeah. It just just kind of rubs it in really of how much bad luck that Renault are currently having that they can't even keep their lorries on Spe- on, tr- on the road. Speaking of Renault, on the way to the next race, yeah. uh, they've just confirmed that the head, a new director, is the professor himself, Alan Prost, is uh, is now uh, a new director for the Formula One side of it. Uh, <laughs> do you think that he is oh, being set no. up as a replacement to Sarah Abitable as the head to run the Formula One team? Oh, I don't know. I hope not. I don't know. I hope not, because Enstone deserves so much better than Alan Prost. Uh, see, you, you don't you like don't, Prost, do you? That you're, a, you're a Senna fan. That, uh, yeah, I was going to say that. That opinion comes straight from the Senna v Prost era. Uh, but, I uh, mean... Maybe. I, I, I read up, after I'd heard the news that he was in, I read up on his uh, tenure as the, you know, when he was running Prost GP uh, from, it was 97 to 2001. Uh, and yeah. they had, they didn't have bad results, to be honest. And a lot of these issues were, you know, promises broken by, you know, uh, I think it was a tobacco sponsor that pulled out at the last minute and he couldn't get sponsorship and, and things. But, I mean, he, he had a yeah. car that was in the top three a few times. So, I mean, he knows his business. And he was running uh, the... It's now been ran fully by Nissan, but it was the Renault's uh, Formula E team. Uh, he ran that for a bit, so he knows his way around Formula One and running a team might help. I don't know. Don't don't forget though, they were Ligier before they were Prost. Mm-hmm. You know, Ligier are one of the uh, what would you call it? They're one of the. Well, they were one of the, the mainstays. One of the go-to it? names, if you like, in terms of F1 history. A 332 Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. That's, that, mm. that, they were in there for a long, long time. You know, it's, that they were no slouches. And he yeah. basically wound them up. Cheers, Alan. They were going that... Yeah, well, they were going that way anyway. Because if he never bought Ligier, they were wound up anyway. So he got an extra few years out of them. And then when you have... Sponsorship saying that they're going to stay on and then deciding at the last kick, no, we're not. You know, mm. even even the professor can't get that sorted. Uh, you know, it's sometimes things just didn't click in for him. But I mean, going by it, I mean, he got some decent results, and I think the year that they should have probably got a bit more was the year that Panis broke both his legs in Canada, if you remember. Uh, and 
he lost, he didn't, and he was racing really well that season, up there in the top six, top five, whatever it was at the time. Uh, so they were getting some good results and had a relatively a, a decent car. So, you know, what could have been? I don't think it's as bad as you might make it out to be, uh, Sponge. I think if that is why he's there, I think it could help. Uh, someone who's I think it's I, th- I think it's Formula One. So. I think it's an attempt. It's an attempt to replicate uh, Nicky Lauda uh, for Mercedes. I suppose mm. uh, they've they've kind of they're, they're looking to to their their fellow teams on the grid and thinking, well, what did they do that that made a success? Well, they had they had this former driver who won, you know, X, Y, and Z. Let's let's maybe f- reach out to somebody who. Who would support a French team? Oh, look, there's there's Prosties available. Um, so you know, I, I I think it might be a positive. I, I hope it's a positive for them because um, at the end of the day, I want lots more competitive teams on the on the racetrack. So I hope for, I just hope it, it works out for them. Not because I want them to win. <laughs> I just want them to be a bit more. Competitive. I do I do want them to win. I really do want them to win. I mean, it's it's not just Renault F one. It's Enstow and any at the end of the day. Tolman. So mm. it's it, they are they are exactly the essence of Formula One. A little team. They've never had the biggest budget, but they've got a bunch of people there that live and breathe F one, and they. They punch above their weights so often, and I, I'd I'd love them to win a few races. To be honest with you, I think they it just they should go by the kind of makes me wonder. I mean, the Renault budget apparently is a billion dollars, you know, so they should have the means to do it. And as you say, it's endstone. It's people that have been around there for a long time. A lot of the times, these you know, Renault will come in and buy it out. It's still the same folk that were there way back when. So you know, they. <laughs> I think the, the the biggest worry for me for Renault is they're probably the only manufacturer that I could see pull out without too much of an issue. They would just be like, ah, it's not working, right, we're leaving. You know, and we don't want any... Le- well, they have threatened it, haven't they? Yeah. They have threatened it for 2021 if they don't get the rule changes that they, that they want. Ferrari said that. If it favors, they all say that. That's a bit of Yeah, but if it, if it favours if it favors the biggest teams the most, I'd, you know, I, I, I can see them doing it. Yeah, I can certainly. See, uh, I can see a Renault doing it more than I can a, a Ferrari doing it. Put it that yeah, way. yeah, yeah. Renault doesn't rely on Formula One to be its, you know, to be the face of it, mm. to be the big advert for their for their street cars. Whereas Ferrari don't have any uh, anything else apart from a Formula One team and some couple of top end sports cars. You know, it's. I mean, they've got other smaller companies that they that they work with. You know, Fiat and, and what have you. Um. But Ferrari themselves don't have anything other than a Formula One team and some sports cars, so they they require the ability to remain in Formula One, in my mind. So how did they, they had their stand uh, up to lap thirty nine? Then anyway, uh, back to back to Germany. I'll try and keep us on track. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, so, so Verstappen, Verstappen had a bit of Bottas. a free pit stop, didn't he, at that point? Mm. And then so we had. Sorry, carry on. I was going to say I, I have in big capital letters here that. At that point, Lance Stroll led the Grand Prix for Racing Point. First Canadian to lead a Grand Prix since Jack Villeneuve. Hmm. Well, it's saying that he's it's the only funny, Canadian yeah. since Jack Villeneuve to be in the Grand Prix racing, but still, it counts. <laughs> <laughs> we like these meaningless statistics in Formula yeah, One. Yeah, that's they probably the most meaningless. <laughs> so he he led the race uh, for Racing Point. Um, not for long, though. It was a few laps, wasn't it? Yeah, a handful of laps. Uh, it was a- yeah, 
That's it. And then next kind of big incident was lap 54 with 10 laps left was uh, Hamilton doing his Kyle Minogue impression and spinning around uh-huh. the first corner. Toto Wolf didn't look very happy. Well, didn't uh, bang his fist on the desk. He went to, though, didn't he? Was, then when he realised he was still going, funny, it was like... Yeah, I think he realised Netflix were behind him and then kind of like backed out. And then he realised, he, he, I think he looked like he was trying to do something else, which we won't go into. But, <laughs> 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 but yeah, that was... Uh, that was quite funny when it looked like he actually realised that there were people around him and then he was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then, but there we go. So Hamilton dropped down to... It's like when you wave to somebody and then you realise you don't know them, so you put your, you just put your hand in your head or something. And oh, that's it, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I think at that point Hamilton went down to 13th. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, when that's thirty three. Yeah, it was the last, and he actually said, and it's a point of controversy on the internet. He actually said, "Retire the car." Yeah, down the uh, down the uh, his down to his pit crew over the over his headset, uh, and they said, "No, no, no, keep keep out." There's always there's always a chance and always a possibility. I mean, it was only one one time that he's you've you've probably heard that kind of oh, just retire the car, um, but it kind of. A few people online have, have taken it as you know him throwing his toys out of the pram and yeah. being a bit of a prima bit of a prima donna. Uh, but we will put that caveat of. in there. He was sick, and it wasn't just a was bug sick. thing. It seems to be like a viral thing or something. I think he's cleared all his sponsor sponsorship engagements for the rest of the week. He's just going to sleep it off. Uh, so yeah, he wasn't his usual Hamilton self and. If you're sick and then you've got to drive around in an open top car for two hours and you're not winning the race, in the rain, in the rain, (laughs) cold, wet, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's going to affect you even if you lose Hamilton. Okay, where were we now? (laughs) So that was that, and then three laps later, Valtteri Bottas went and followed in Lewis's uh, wheel tracks. Yep, this was Bottas's hold my beer moment. Yeah, basically, Lewis Hamilton says, I can do that and then carry on. And then mm-hmm. Valtteri Bottas, like Coop said, hold my point, I will do it properly. Mm-hmm. Straight into the barrier. <laughs> I felt Front quite sorry for the Bottas car. there, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. It, you know, it was, again, that, both of them, I didn't see them do anything different to what they'd done the, the previous lap before, but both of them just snapped. Yep. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, it was it was a bit clearer with the Bottas one. He was told to push, he was trying to catch up with the uh, stroll. And that rear left just, and I mean literally, it's inches, just got onto that dark yeah. patch, the damp bit, and it just, round it went. And there was no saving it. As soon as yeah. he got started spinning at that speed, he was gone. Uh, and again, it's mm. the finer margins, especially in those changeable conditions. Yeah. Oh, this is the um, best bit. Lap 62. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! No! What are you shouting no for? You hit him, you tool. <laughs> So let's let's translate this for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what happened. Gasly, uh, when when he was trying to overtake one of the lower teams, uh, Toro Rosso, one of his uh, Red Bull's lower teams, Toro Rosso of Alex Albon, he caught the the back wheel. Um, you forgot that it, to go past and... the car, you have to go round it first. Yep. <laughs> and then he decided to shout down the radio as loud as he could. No, because he was disappointed about his own stupidity, really. Uh, so he took himself out. Fortunately, he parked himself in a, a relatively 
painless place for the yeah. rest of the race. He went straight on the rest of the before race. that stadium section, didn't he? That yeah. stadium. He did. So he didn't affect the race with safety cars or whatever, which was yeah, you're probably the only one of the day that who went yeah. off and didn't bring out a safety car actually. So there's a positive. Yeah. <laughs> and then so Gasly, uh, they've they've confirmed as well. Christian Horner or no Helmut Marco has has said we're not going to replace him before the end of 2019. Hands up if you fell Let's off put... your chair when you saw that. Right? <sighs> do you want me? To, I don't believe do you want me it. To, hands hands in the air. Do you want me to? Hands in the air in a podcast is not a good look, Sponge. Uh, anyway, right. What I was going to say was right. Uh, Something came out today, though, which is going to spoil the broth about the Gasly not being replaced because Christian Horner has came out and has basically said that Gasly now needs to start scoring points for the team. So, mm-hmm. and he, and if you noticed when Sky were talking to Horner, or Christian Horner, the team principal at Red Bull, they were like, oh, it was a great drive for Max. He thanked Max. He thanked, uh, he said it was, or congratulated Max. He congratulated Kvyat. He congratulated the engineer that was up on the podium. He congratulated somebody else. <laughs> then he spoke about Gasly. And you're like, oh, and this is a guy who's been defending Gasly for most of the year. Yes, partly he's got to, but I don't know. I mean, I don't think that should they replace him by then. I mean, what is any other driver really going to do? And who do they have? They don't. They shouldn't put Albon in the car. They shouldn't put Kvyat in the car mid-season anyway, uh, because Gasly's been put in too soon. If you put Albon in the car, he's in too soon. Uh, and Kvyat, I mean. You need to give him... He'd be on his 60-second chance. Yeah, 62 chances. Let him enjoy the ride because he's just... He's been brilliant this year. He's driving for the seat for next year. If he keeps going Mm -hmm. in the progression he's going just now, he should... I mean, I I think, is it Mark... What's that? Helmut Marcos came out and said that Kvyat is a completely different driver this year. He's a different person. He's matured. He's calmer. Mm -hmm. I would say... They would just. He's just got his head down, yep. hasn't he? He's doing. He's doing his job. You haven't even heard, seen him that much on the on on the telly in terms of the uh, any interviews and stuff like that. He's been very quiet, yep. very kind just of just it. down the line. And yeah. that's I think it. he's probably learnt that now yeah. because of what happened. That's that, that's what Red Bull need. They've got Max Verstappen going to run that team now for a couple of years because he's now winning races. The Hondas mm-hmm. are looking amazing. And speaking of which, that's the first time since 1987 that. Two Hondas from two different teams were in the top three. Wow. Uh, I, I can't even remember the race. I need to find it again. But uh, he should be in the car for next year. I don't. I think Kvyat is probably your best one. Maturer, stabler hands. He would be a cracking mm. number two for uh, Verstappen. He's so fast. Yeah, and he's he needs stable. He needs to reliable. Stay, he needs to stay out out of Max, doesn't he? he? You know, he needs to. They they need someone there that's not gonna. Mm run max off the track uh is going to be mature um I, as i say I, I agree with you there that that albon would be it'd be too early for him mm-hmm. he needs another couple of seasons at toro russell under his belt before he gets yeah. promoted so how they finished um because we're, we're getting we're towards the end of the race now last last few laps well how they finished kind of plateaued the then didn't it nothing really happened then until the end yeah. of the race, fact, well, was... I, I suppose we had a bit of Vettel, um, uh, an insurgence of, uh, of a, bit, a few kind of laps. He was get, getting closer to the front, wasn't he? Yeah. 
he was uh, chasing down the people in front of him who were... He took everybody from Science upwards, didn't he? So Science, Strog, Fiat, and then he, he ended up... No, he ended up second. Second. Because uh, Albon mm-hmm. was sitting in like... Maybe Albon as well. Yeah. No, Albon was sitting up there second or third, and I think at the hairpin. It was like four or five all uh-huh. together. Yes. And he ended up down in yeah. sixth. Uh, Albon. Yeah, because that it it was the soft tire, wasn't he? That he obviously was much more comfortable on because yep. he for the rest of the race he was on the inter and he just wasn't comfortable. He wasn't wasn't making any progression. But as soon as the drying track was, you know, there for him, he and he got the softs on. He he was improving no end. And I, th- I think he probably saw uh, coming up to Albon and thought, "Hang on, I can I can do something here." And he, he made the last couple of laps a bit entertaining, yeah. if I, if I must say. Um, which is a rarity for Sebastian Vettel to, to be entertaining, but he got up to second. Uh, and yeah, I, I, thoroughly, I think I, he thoroughly deserved that second place, actually. Yep. Um, Here's a in prospect. Give... If he hadn't lost those last three laps, you imagine Vettel and Verstappen going nose to tail for the last three laps of that race? That would have been amazing. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, so if they'd just done the start straight away and not lost the last three, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, more power to him. He did, he did well. He did really well, uh, and there's there's no way to kind of we can't put him down for that. He did no. he, he did exceptionally well for for starting twentieth, and obviously was quite lucky as well. I think he had was it five pit stops on his way to second place. If, so if you didn't have at least four in the race, you were doing something wrong. Mm. At least most of them weren't fifty odd seconds with a bad flute <laughs> music over the top. <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. We didn't mention that, did we? No, I I was disappointed that I haven't seen a video of Leclerc going off without the Titanic music in the background, though. (laughs) Shout out for Williams as well, though, for their first point of the season. Yeah, yep, Alfa Romeo's getting their penalties. And weirdly enough, it was Kubica that gets the point. Yeah. Which I'm sure George Russell would be so chuffed about. <laughs> mm. After he's working so hard for the for the, for the rest of the season, it's such That's a real. shame for Kubica yeah. to get the to get the point over uh, over Russell. But I suppose you know Kubica probably needed it more. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um, Kubica won't be in the car at the end of the year anyway. So Russell's got a career in front of him. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think I think Russell will do what he's been doing all year and just saying the right things and keeping his head down and doing the right things. I think it's not going to affect him too much. I, I honestly yeah. don't think the Kubica will, will go. I don't. I really don't think. I, I think they'll be happy to keep them both. No, there won't think be there'll be any drivers that are banging on Williams' door for a uh, Williams' door for a drive. If there's a driver, I lose Kubica. Yeah, if there's a driver out there that wants to stay in Formula 1 and the last seat is a Williams seat, you take it. Because <laughs> there's no mm. guarantee you'll get back in. So there's never there's never enough yeah. seats for a, for for somebody. You know, and if Perez is standing there and going, I've got money and I need to drive in Formula 1, and there's Williams going, all right, chap, he'll go. Even if it's a year, just to stay in the car. Mm. You know. Just to give him fresh experience mm. as well. Just, you just know. to go in the car. These cars change so regularly, yep. isn't it? And you never yeah, know. 2021, Williams could just luck it out and do a bit like a, you know, they could do a brawn and just find a loophole and work it out with the ground effect or something. And they could be up there at the mm. top. We could be sitting there in Australia going, there's a Williams just on the podium. With what? You know, it, <laughs> That's you the dream. That's the dream. I'd lo- I'd love to see that. I would love to see oh, yeah. him get back up to the to the front. I'd love to see that. 
Yeah. That is the dream. So they finished anyway. The race, the race was finished. Uh, so Verstappen obviously came first. He started second. Vettel came second, who started down in twentieth, la- absolute last place. Yeah. Kvyat third, Stroll fourth, Sainz fifth, Albon sixth, Raikkonen seventh, Giovinazzi eighth, Grosjean ninth, and Magnussen tenth. Um, but as as we've already stated, the Alfa Romeo, so that's Giovinazzi and Raikkonen, which is a shame because they got their got some decent points for the team. Um, but they were penalised after the race um, after scrutineering de- detected that they were using some kind of software or some kind of additional help um, for the start of the race. Um, it's not traction control, but it basically gave them a, a traction control type advantage uh, of not spinning the wheels at the start of the race so obviously which is a great benefit for for wet races so uh how did how did they work out the penalty uh uh coops you said you said it at the start what, uh, when before we were yeah was, we what it was the was the if it was found during the race they would have got a stop go penalty so mm-hmm. they were given 30 seconds each which was 10 seconds to go into the pits 10 seconds stop go and a 10 seconds to leave the pits because uh, I think that's like uh-huh. I think that's the maximum penalty that they can be given without being disqualified from the race. Uh, right. So that, but and it was because it was found after the race. That's why they were given thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. That makes sense then. Um, it 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 annoyed the Hamilton haters because Hamilton actually still got a couple of points oh. uh, for dear, his dear. race, um, which obviously disappointed disappointed the hate hate brigade. Yep. Um, Apparently the FIA are doing anything to help Hamilton, even though they forgot that they gave Hamilton a five second penalty earlier on in the race. Yeah. Mm. And you know uh, another wee fact: the you, if you remember at the last German Grand Prix, you remember Hamilton had that issue with his team where it was like and 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 then he went out and he went back in and there was a whole thing about him crossing the grass and things like that to go into the pits. Mm. See the bollard that he didn't pass that caused him to get the penalty. Mm-hmm. It was nicknamed the Hamilton bollard because they placed that there because of what happened with Hamilton in the previous year's race. Oh, so okay. he tripped up over his own rule. What a load of bollards. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> He's here all night. He takes invitations. Yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous, though, isn't it? Yeah. Hamilton gets all this help. It's poorly he does. man. Yeah, it's a lot of rubbish. An absolute lot of rubbish, right? Uh, so, who's who's your driver of the race? Who's your driver of the race? Give it to Hoops. <laughs> did I say that loud? What did you say, Kibitza? Well, what do you? Uh, so, somebody needs to go back to the base. Suddenly, I'll get that reaction off you. Yeah, Jesus. Oh, uh, somebody need to go back to the beta release there when you said Quebec. So oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh. oh dear. Right, I think I'm okay now. I don't know. So, why don't we get down to driver of the race? I'll go to Sponge first. Who's your driver of the race today, Sponge? Um, or the weekend. I I don't know. I'll probably give it Quebec to be honest. I'd like Kvyat, yeah. I'd like to give it to Verstappen or Vettel because they both drove really good races. But Kvyat, uh, I don't know. I think he's had his, you know, he's had his criticisms. He hasn't deserved he? it. Didn't he, he just came from nowhere yeah. really, and he just kept his head down as he has been all season, and just drove the car. You can't ask for any more mm-hmm. than that, can you? Driving no. driving Toro Rosso to only its second podium ever 
you know, mm. the, the only person that's ever been on the podium before him in Toro Rosso was Vettel when he won it in Monza. So, yeah. you know, and, that, and it being a Honda as well. And that also includes uh, Minardi in that record as well, remember? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Even, yeah. Was, even when mm-hmm. it was Minardi, they never won any podium. No, nothing at all. So, fair play to him. Kept his head down, just got on with the job. Didn't moan. Yeah, I think he would be my driver of the day. Sponge's driver of the day is Kvyat, Daniel Kvyat. How about you, Coops? I'm going for Alex Albon. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah because, I mean, he, on sheer pace throughout the whole of that race, he got up to the top. I don't think it was Verstappen's best race for a drive. I mean, he spun. You know, he just, you know, he he kept, he, he spun once, so it wasn't like he's a faultless race. Vettel, two-thirds of that race, he couldn't get the tyres to work, so not his best race. From that respect, Albon had mm-hmm. never driven that car in the way, is it? and he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. And he was up in yeah. the top three at one point on sheer pace, not just because he locked out. They got the the Toro Rossos, both to, the whole Toro Rosso team, uh, strategy people, everything, they got it spot on throughout the whole race. Uh, and a wee mm-hmm. touch on for Stroll as well. They took a gamble. They, they, they did what Ferrari should be doing. They gambled on it, but Albon on sheer pace, and he gets the edge over Kvyat for me because he's a rookie. It's his first season. It's the first time that he'd actually driven that car in the wet, mm-hmm. and he and he, he didn't put a foot wrong. And also, he started 16th. Uh, so, yeah, it's Albon for me. Fair enough. Yeah, well, I can't, I can't, I can't argue against any, either of those two. I'd, I'd be happy to. to to slap the driver of the race so i'm going to just sit on a fence uh, and play you know just just play the role of uh, of just the, the person that sits on the fence all the time uh, <laughs> whoever that may be so i i i agree with both of you um, so tell her are you now are you now captain switzerland from now on like <laughs> that's it i'm switzerland i'm switzerland that, no, I, <laughs> pick one it's not drivers of the day oh Driver of the race for me. Okay, do you know what I'm gonna say? I'm gonna say Kvyat. Oh. I'm gonna say Kvyat. Yeah, he just he just pips it for me then, because because you know he was on he's on that step of the uh, the podium, uh, and it's good to see him there. And as you say, first podium for Toro Rosso, kind of for whatever since since Sebastian Vettel. So yeah, that I think that deserves the driver of the race for me then, but only by a very kind of Nat's whisker, you know, it's it, it's very close for both of them. Okay, okay. So that was our race review. Um, we'll move on to our next section, which is questions from you guys, questions from the listeners. So, Coops, can you fire away with the questions? Yep. Well, the first one that we we answered, uh, which was, what do you think of this? This think of starting the race under the safety car was it necessary? And what did you think of the stand and start? Well, we answered it at the start, of the, at the start of the kind of the the race review. Uh, that was sent in mm-hmm. from uh, Adam Sheridan. Uh, mm-hmm. Our next one is Ryan Hunt is asking, what are the chances of Ferrari running a race this year? Uh, so, tell her what do you think? Uh, I think they will. I think Leclerc will get will, will get his first win. I think I think even. Vettel might have a chance. Uh, I, I think it's going to happen. They've got they've got arguably the best engine, although people say that 
they haven't shown it to, too too much. I, I do still feel that there's, a, there's at least a couple of race wins uh, in it for them. Um, all it takes is a, a little little mistake, and we know, you know, Mercedes they are only human at the end of the day. Um, there's bound to be situations where something comes up um, that Ferrari can capitalize on. And as you say, in, in that race themselves, the the strategist was on the ball, and all it takes is for them to remain on top of that ball and uh, you know we'll be uh winning races before you know it so i i think yes we will get we'll get two wins at least from the ferrari this year what do you think sponge i'm not so sure myself to be honest with you mate i think the thing that worries me for ferrari is the fact that there's another team there that's always there no matter what that is always there to pick up the pieces and that's red bull it doesn't matter what what mm. circumstance it is if something happens during a race, even even just a race, not even a race weekend, if something happens, Red Bull are always there, ready to pick the pieces up if Mercedes get it wrong. I genuinely do think now that Red Bull have overtaken Ferrari as the second team. It might not reflect it on the leaderboard, but I, I genuinely mm-hmm. think that that's where we are now. And I think... I actually think that this weekend is, has been more devastating for Ferrari than a lot of people realise because you've got one, Red Bull have proved once again that they're there to pick up the pieces if Mercedes don't, you know, if Mercedes do falter. And the other big thing as well is Mercedes themselves. Toto Wolff has come out three or four times since, hasn't he? And he said, he's used the word karma, hasn't he? And it kind of makes me think mm-hmm. that he's not been too happy about all of these 125th anniversaries, everybody dressing up and, you know, well, being he, a bit gimmicky. He said that, actually, think, uh, when he was when he yeah, was questioning, yeah, in the garage at the end of the race. He said we were something yeah, that shows. He didn't like it at all. Yeah. He just wanted, you know, he wanted them to just get on with it. And I yeah. think that that is as damaging for Ferrari as anything else because it will be now... It will be a case of look, guys, we've taken our foot off the gas, and look what's happened. We need to be absolutely spot on in everything that we do now until the end of the season. Mm. It's almost we... like Ferrari had that chance to turn the screw, and they've missed out on that chance. Red Bull have jumped in there and proved that they're they're ready to turn that screw. But equally, Mercedes are now like you know that's it now. It, it's fully focused until the end of the season. It's a wee bit like that football analogy, you know. You don't want that. You don't want to play a certain team because they just had a bad result, so they're going to be angry. It's a, yeah, you know, yeah. it's a wee bit like the Mercedes. You know, Total Wolf is either going to be. I don't think they're going to be restructuring or sacking MD after the weekend, but I think there's going to be a few hairdryer situations in there. You know, about the old Alex Ferguson in the dressing room, sort of. <laughs> uh, and you could tell he was not happy. You could tell, and Ian, as you touched on as well, he did make a a bit of a comment. You know, we're not superstitious, but we believe in karma, and we were too busy messing yeah. around with costumes and things. Uh, yeah. I think we need to focus. But he so. said that on more than one occasion. He said it to more than one kind of news agency as well. Yeah. It kind of makes that you think, the... you know, that's that's hurting that as more than, oh, more than yeah. you probably expected to. Yeah. And as you say, they did, Ferrari didn't capitalise on it. And uh, it's a shame because they couldn't legislate for uh, a one minor error which caused Leclerc to go out. I mean, 
if they had those extra three laps and Leclerc didn't go out, that was a Ferrari one too, written all over it. And it didn't happen. But The thing is though, been... Coops, they could legislate for Vettel. Um, if you think about it, if that last um, safety car hadn't have happened, where would Vettel have been? Oh yeah, uh, true. Uh, you know, that, 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 that one for Norris, uh, sorry, for Hulkenberg, sorry, on 40 of 64, mm-hmm. gave him that chance to get in and get them tyres and then come through the field. I, I don't know, but, it's, it's all swings and roundabouts at the end of the day, isn't it? But I, I also think they were quite lucky. They were very lucky to get second place. I really do think that. So what, what's your what's your opinion on it then, Coops? What, have you got an opinion on Ferrari? Will they will they win something by the end? Oh yeah, yeah, they'll the win something. Whether it'll be Vettel or Leclerc again, the kind of driver set set up in Ferrari just now is a bit weird. I think it's that. I think for me, I've lost trust in Vettel. If it's if he has to do what Max had to do at Austria, he's not going to do it because he mm. doesn't. The, the confidence wasn't there. I think it was a very good, a very very good result for Vettel under the circumstances of Britain, and then with the qualifying and finishing, you know, he was down in twentieth for the German Grand Prix to start off with. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he took a lot of heat after Britain. It was one hundred percent his fault, and it's and everybody was like, "Are you as good as your four championships say you are?" And should you be retiring? And he didn't look like he was really wanting to be there. So, you know, all I'm looking for now is that to... It's probably the best situation for Vettel in terms of confidence. He's went from 20th to 2nd. Hamilton's got, what, two points. Bottas hasn't scored anything. Yes, OK, Max won it. But he's, he's now going... It's not two weeks. He's Next weekend, he's straight back in the car. It's the best time mm-hmm. for him to show... And if he can get up there in top one, top two, and we might touch on it a wee bit when we do the preview, but the the rain, this, the weather might affect the Hungary race as well, or preparation for the race anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So, he, I've certainly um, <laughs> forecast it for the practice and the qualifying, haven't I? There's, there's yeah. thunderstorms for Friday for sure. Uh, last I checked, Saturday was looking at about 40 to 50 percent. We are we are we are twenty seven, twenty eight degree race or uh, dry on Sunday. So, yeah. you know, there's 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 a chance for Veto. Uh, to be honest, my kind of emotional side of it, if I'm going by the heart, I would want Leclerc to run it because he was so close in Bahrain. You know, he's. He's just been so close and it's just not been there for him and he deserves to get a win. His talent is shown he should. Mm. My head would say Vettel should win it, get the first one. Just just to throw another angle in there as well, Coops, as to why I don't think Ferrari will win a, win a race this season is that Vettel is now 21 points behind Leclerc. Mm-hmm. And... I honestly don't know how he's there, other than the fact that the the team have favoured Vettel up until yeah. now, when it's you know when it's really mattered. However, if you think about it, you know the times when they have favoured Vettel over Leclerc, it's cost them victories. And if they start going down that road again, is it going to cost them victories again? Oh, or, you know, even these races where they've got a chance to win. 
they might even fall over themselves again, just because of this thing where they've got to let the the guy in front in the championship win the, win the race. You'd like to think that they would let them race, but you know the other side of it, and the only thing that's making me not be a hundred percent, and I wouldn't be surprised if they don't win a race. Is because Ferrari will find a way to lose at the jaws of victory. They've done it so often. Yeah, absolutely. They made the simple call, or they made the, they just done what you know. Everyone's going do that, do that, do that. Everybody, and they don't do it, and then they end up losing. Now they've done it so often. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they don't win. I do think they'll win at least one. Uh, you know, they're done. The, the, if they don't win at least one, that's a terrible season for them, especially with Red Bull winning two now. So, uh, but yeah, I won't be surprised if they don't. But I do think they will. Okay, what well, you've got one last question, haven't you? Chris? I do indeed. The last one is, and this is for all of us: uh, Will McLaren be a top team again in the next one to two years? That was sent in from Chris Lawton. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's the answer to 100%. that. One hundred percent. Yes. I think yes. next. I think they're next there. year. They're, they're making best of the rest podiums. Yeah. Maybe even later on this year, actually. What about you, Sponge? I I, I want them to. Uh, my head my head says probably not. My heart says definitely they're going to win everything. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I, th- I think. Go on. I was just going to say, I think it's it's a really big task mm-hmm. for them to keep. I don't, I don't know. I, they've come so far, haven't they? At the end of the day, and McLaren have always been one of the best teams yeah. to um, develop mid-season. Um, I I just think that there's that many teams. The the midfield is that congested at the moment. It's only going to take something little to move one team from midfield to best of the rest and you know you touched on it earlier Coops Renault have got the budget Mm -hmm. could Prost come in now and do something magical for them you don't know Um, I I just want I want McLaren to keep their heads down keep working on what they've found that was fundamentally wrong with the car and just keep working on it and who knows where it's going to lead to I want them to be on the podium so desperately and I do I do mm. hope that's where they end up I think the other thing as well what you touched on earlier applies to McLaren at the moment they've they've got a settled team now not just in terms of yeah backroom staff um, you know hierarchy mm-hmm. yeah. sorted themselves out they've got a proper you know they've got Seidel in there he knows how to run a team Zach Brown everybody knows the job and you've got two drivers that get on with each other. They both know what they're doing, and they're mm. both working towards a, a, a shared goal. Mm-hmm. What that's going to be like when they start, or if they do start winning or getting on podiums, whether that will start souring, you don't know. But at least it will help get them there. Well, I mean, I, the, the the driver lineup I expect to be there for quite a number of years. As you say, it's a very it just yeah. they seem to complement each other. Andreas Seidel seems to know exactly what he's doing, and then you've got to also factor in that next season will be the first James Key McLaren, 
Now he's no slouch yeah. when it comes to how to to do to do his stuff. So, you know, the future's the future's bright. The future's McLaren. And I, I, I was going to say the future's orange, but I thought that would be too obvious. <laughs> orange papaya. It's not orange. Well, it sounded better. <laughs> uh, no, you're just nick it, nicking off a mobile phone company now. <laughs> so those are our questions that we've answered now. Hopefully, well, hopefully to your to your requirements, uh, listeners. Um, we're going to move on to our next segment of the podcast. I realise we're we're running long t- long on time, but it was an eventful race. But we'll talk about the Hungary G Hungary GP preview. So. Fellas, what do we think is going to happen in Hungary this week? It's not going to be a race. It's not going to be any weather. It's going to be fine. No. We're all going to be bored again. You think it's going to be France 2.0? No. I don't think it's going to be the same as the last anyway. three races. I don't think it's going to be as good as the last three. But mainly because I think the Hungaro ring is described as Monaco without the court, without the barriers. It's not an easy track to pass mm. on. But, you know, with the... If the weather sets in, it'll be a lot different. Yeah, but I think. I, that, yeah, I, there's not going to be a lot of practice going by the way the weather's going. Friday's still eighty percent chance of rain. Not looking good. Friday, Saturday, Sunday a wee bit better, but you know, uh, I think we've been spoiled with the last three, so we might not get as an exciting race, but we should get something. I would hope. Well, if you uh, if you read the articles recently, Ross Braun. Uh, has made a statement saying um, the last three races are proof and, and testament to the fact that we we might not need to change uh, as much. We don't need to be as drastic, or See, you know, we don't we don't need to change the rules. Is is that true, or is it? It's a double-edged sword. If we just had exceptional races, it, it's a double-edged sword. The, the, the one side of it is yes, okay, Formula One isn't quite as broken as. Some people try and say, and the vitriol coming out after France. Okay, most people, and myself, I, you know, I watched the first 20 minutes of France, and I just knew it wasn't going to be an exciting race, so I just had it on in the background mm-hmm. on the radio. Uh, and but I don't remember another race being that bad this year, and we've had 11, so 10 of them have had something. Might not be to the extent of the last three. Uh, certainly Germany's probably going to be your one that's a big exception for the weather and everything. But but the biggest problem, and the, the, the other double-edged sword, so it's not as broken as I think it is. Yes, you need to tweak it. Yes, you need to change it. But that's just how it works. You know, you get a team that work their regulations. Mercedes just know what they're doing. So we need to ref- we need to freshen things up. That's fine. That's how it works with Formula 1 and has done since it started. Uh, but the problem we have is, I don't want the last three races to mean that the regulation changes then suddenly get watered down because everyone thinks, well, actually, it's not as bad as we think. And then the the regulations that could have come in to really spice it up are watered down to the point where, what, okay, so Ferrari get a wee bit closer to Mercedes or Mercedes drop a wee bit closer to the rest of them and it doesn't really mix it up. That's where we need to look at it with a with a realism that, we have yeah, had the spot on, three races, but we still need to change it. There's still elements that aren't right, uh, and we need to, we can't forget that purely on the fact of the last three races have been so good. 
Let's I mean, don't, don't forget as well, mm-hmm. the last three races, you know, you've, you've had circumstances that have led to the racing being as it was. You know, yeah, yeah, Austria. Yeah, Austria, but, <clears throat> yeah, Austria was Mercedes had had the Mercedes knew when the temperatures get high, with their cars being designed yeah. with small radiators, they're not going to be on the pace. So there's there's that thing. Your Mercedes weren't on the ball. Britain, Britain, I think probably Britain was probably your only race out of the last three that was just pure racing. It wasn't. There wasn't really yeah. any real circumstance that caused it. It just was close racing. Germany was the don't weather. Forget. Yeah, but don't forget going back to Silverstone. You forget that they relayed that surface completely. It was absolute. It was a. It was a new carpet. That surface was. Yeah. And it was as green as they're going to get, which that has a massive effect on a lot of the teams when you've got somebody like Mercedes that are going on a rubbered in track that know their tyres a lot better than everybody else, it's a much bigger leveller when everybody has got, you know, a completely green track to go and drive mm. on. So, you know, it, it, you know, Silverstone there, there, wasn't completely, there, you know... There's always going to be... With Formula 1, there's always going to be something in a race weekend that will cause the racing to be better. Whether it be Baku and the, 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 like, so Baku, it's the design of the circuit that's, that generally causes something. Uh, or the rain, or somebody, you know, screwing up and qualifying, like Vettel being in 20th. There's always a, there's always a circumstance that will tweak it uh, to make it a wee bit more exciting. The problem is that we've been spoiled with circumstance. and Formula 1, it shouldn't be circumstance that causes good racing. It should be good racing. That's it. That's the big point, isn't it? You yeah. Don't, don't brush under the carpet your, you know, the issues just because you've had circumstance go in your favour for three races on the bounce and everybody thinks that everything's fixed. Because nothing, nothing has been fixed at all. It's just well, been I mean, brushed under the carpet. It has shown that the tweaks that they made for the regulations this year have worked to a degree, so they're going in the right direction. But the fear is you don't you they need to go the distance and not pull up halfway and say right oh well we had a good season last year so we'll just stop it at fifty percent we'll not do the rest because it's all right and then you know it it becomes a situation where you know a uh, twenty twenty one with the end of twenty twenty one it's a crap season and we're like. Well, those regulations didn't work, and we're back to square one again. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and the other side of it is Formula One fans are very fickle. Now, we we go we go to Hungary this weekend. It's not known to have a race that's really that exciting, other than Damon Hill and an arrows up in first place with like a lap to go. You know, you're like, oh, why is he there? Uh, <laughs> so. You just watch if we have a very processional race this weekend, how quickly everyone is going to forget the three good races before it. Sometimes you just can't please everybody. You know, you bow to one person, mm. you're showing your ass to somebody else. It's just that's just the way it works. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget that um Lewis Hamilton himself has won here six times previously. Um so he's obviously got got a good track record here 
it's obviously a track that he either likes or suits his style of racing. Well, um, oh, the, 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 I've got, I've got a list of the last four uh, winners. So 2014 was Daniel Ricciardo, 2015 was Vettel, 16 was Hamilton, 17 was Vettel, and 18 was Hamilton. So he's not blitzed it the last few years. It's been it's been quite mixed up. So you know you never know. Mm-hmm. I think Verstappen will win. I do, to be honest. Again? Oh, I think I think they're going to be there again. You know, the car suits that that exact. You know, the format of the Hungarian, uh, sorry, the Hungara ring. I just think mm-hmm. if it does rain, it's going to be even more towards them. Yeah, the Hungaro ring is a chassis circuit, so it's not about engine power. Yep. So whoever's got a good chassis, now you can never discount an Adrian Newey designed car. Uh, I don't mm. think this is the best Adrian Newey car this year, though. So I would say, unless there's a situation up front, I would, I w- I'm going to put my neck out then. I suppose my top three for Hungary then would be Vettel, Hamilton, uh, Verstappen. Oh, go on then, James. What do you think? Uh, Sponge? I think Verstappen, Bottas, Hamilton. Ooh, and I'm going to go Hamilton, Leclerc, Bottas. Oh, no Ooh. Vettel, no Verstappen in the top three. Interesting. Mm, no, I think uh, he's had a good couple of races. Don't get me wrong, but I just think uh, I think it's the, the the turn of the the Mercedes to to kind of stamp their dominance back on the uh, on the on the the, the season. Yeah, they'll be all out this I weekend. Think, uh, Absolutely all out to basically put right mm. what they think has gone wrong in Germany. But don't forget that was their home Grand Prix as well as a constructor. You know, they've gone out over there with all of these, you know, all the pomp and everything and kind of humiliated mm-hmm. themselves a little bit. So at the first opportunity, got, they're going to want to put that through, now. you know, going to put want to put it to bed straight away, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And Lewis Hamilton is is going to want to have a, a good race again. He's, he's going to say, well, look, I messed up. Although arguably the team made the mistake putting him on the slicks that forced his error, but... That would be an argument that we could have another time. But he's going to say, you know, my, that the last race wasn't my best. I'm going to, you know, going to be unstoppable in this one. And I think he'll he'll be unstoppable. He will. It'll probably be a bit processional with him, and and will be more interested in the, you know, the the, the mid level teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and kind of, I'm looking forward to the Leclerc and Verstappen fight. Uh, and you know, I just think it'll be, I think it'll be. Okay, down down the way, but I think it's going to be Hamilton off in the distance. Uh, just to add to that, there's been 33 Formula One races held in the Hungaro Ring, and out from those 33, the winners from pole have been 15. So pole position is is uh, is is relatively is is well not relative, it's quite important in the Hungaro Ring. So mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. Qualifying will have a uh, some decent big impact yeah, on the big actual impact race day. On it, yeah. hmm. Okay. Well, that's our GP preview for the Hungarian Grand Prix. Um, 
Have we got any other messages uh, for, no, the for old, our the listeners? I think the last thing to just recap quickly is the Fantasy League, which I've updated uh, for the, for Britain and for Germany. I'll just uh-huh. quickly run through that. So in Britain, uh, first place went to the Unwinnables with 222 points. Uh-huh. Frankly does it was in second with 215. Perman F1 Racing got 206. Morgan F1, which is me, got fourth with 193. <laughs> Mr. Vane Everything F1 was 190. Which is me. Which is you, three points. I got bragging rights this time round. I've got to stop. I've a lump <laughs> in my throat. 187 in sixth place. British Diamonds, 184 in seventh. Hammer Time, 149 in eighth. Turbo Dan, 130 in ninth. Alolo, it is I, Leclerc, 127 in tenth. And JTL Racing got 89 in eleventh. The German Grand Prix, yeah. now, this is interesting. The Unwinnables, 136, was first. Second, I've got to stop. I've got a lump in my throat. 68 points for second place. Frankly, does it? 66 points in third. Alolo, it is I, Leclerc, 65 in fourth. Turbo Dan got fifth with 62. British Diamond, sixth with 56. Mr. Vane, everything F1, 47 points in seventh. Boo. Morgan F1, 38 <laughs> points in eighth. G- <laughs> GTI, you beat me that time. GTL Racing, 32 points in ninth. Hammer Time got 16 points in tenth. And Perman F1 Racing got minus 11 for last place. So I'll just say the top three for the overall. So British Diamonds, 1758. I've got to stop. I've a lump in my throat. Is second with 1475. Frankly, does it is one four five three in third, and I'm still last with one one three four. <laughs> uh, Mr. Vane is thirteen fourteen. You're tied seventh. Uh, and Sponge, what's your team again? Hello, hello. It is all look back. You're you're tied with Mr. Vane with thirteen fourteen. So it's not as so, it's not as far away as as it looks. It looks like Germany really did shape things up a wee bit. So. Okay, well that's the uh, fantasy F1 league. I also want to have a quick chat about our wonderful artist Sponge, um, because he's obviously been slaving away at the pictures uh, and drawing some excellent art for us to all have in the competitions. So how's how's everything going with the art, James? Uh, it's been better, but I've kind of forced myself into picking up a pencil again. I had a bit of artist mm-hmm. block for quite a while, to be honest. Uh, been been a few months, but yeah, I've got I've got the uh, the drawing of Hamilton and Leclerc in Bahrain that I want to get finished this weekend, hopefully. But I keep saying it every weekend, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, there's a few a few drawings that I've got in the in the pipeline. Once I get my uh, my mojo back up, they'll they'll be coming out quite quickly. So, yeah, excellent. Well, we've got a lot of fans of you on the page. Everyone loves your drawings uh, and your art, um, and we are going to be doing lots of things with 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 Sponge and his artwork. Um, uh, and so everyone should watch this space uh, because. There's going to be competitions, uh, and if you if you're unlucky enough not to win the competitions, there's going to be the ability to to obviously purchase some of his fantastic work as well. So keep your eyes 
uh, on the page. Uh, everything will be revealed in the not too distant future. Yeah. And just to add on that as well, thanks everybody for all your really kind comments when I put that, that picture up of Hamilton and the clerk. It really does make a massive difference, especially when you're suffering from block and it's you know it's difficult to get started again when you know when you get a lot of comments like that it really does motivate you to get going again so you've been a great help thank you very much brilliant well we're looking forward to the finished article so i think that really is the end of the podcast now i'd like to thank you myself for listening uh, and on behalf of my two colleagues as well coops good day he's gone already <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, we get the oh, that was Coops's 10 second sum up, that was. <laughs> <laughs> so, Coops, say goodbye to our, fa- our lovely listeners. Unbelievable, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> He's not playing ball today. I think that custard's gone to his head. Uh, <laughs> Sponge. Goodbye, everybody, and thanks for listening, as always. Yeah, so thank you very much from everyone no. here at Everything F1. We look forward to speaking with you soon. And of course, all the amazing interactions on the page. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.